Really? When I interviewed him, yeah. Like almost like a slightly different dial, but essentially the same watch. Broke ass motherfucker might think that's a Casio. Exactly. That's fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Alrighty then. All right, let's let's get this shit started. All right, we good? All good to go? We good. Welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I'm here with one of my, I think definitely my most repeat guest. I think so. Um, a guy who, you know, I keep telling people this is the grandfather or godfather of especially independent media. Someone the who, grandfather of independent media. Yeah, well, media. okay, I'll take that. No, no, I'll say godfather. I'll take grandfather. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's cool. I'm 50. S- 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 someone who, uh, when I came in the game, just was, um, again, I've said this a million times, very embracing. Yeah. Um, I went from watching him through my computer to him when he saw that I had all those traction, be like, hey, come on in. Let, let, me, let me show you the ropes. Hey, let, let, me, let me extend the resources. Mm-hmm. And I've rarely seen that um, among other peers. So, uh, you know, a guy that I've built a relationship with, yeah. um, someone who, like, you know, I don't care what they say about him. I always have his back because he's always been a stand-up individual to me. His character has always been shown and proven to be, you know, a lot of times opposite of what the, the narrative goes uh, <laughs> goes to say. Yeah. But um, somebody who I'm glad to call, call a friend, man. Yeah. Vlad. Likewise. Academics. What's good? Listen. My man. I love how we um we do each other's platform, and it's, yeah. it's always like a really cool time. But anyway, um, we're back here again. Yep. I feel like the last time we're here, we're we're probably talking about mm. touring a lot of stuff. There's so much stuff going on in the hip hop world these days, man. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Megan Cuniff on the night that he was sentenced to ten really? years. Yeah, I had her come in right after the courtroom and give her thoughts right after it happened with her being in the courtroom as it all you know i'm so burnt out of like there's still coverage about this tory stuff like at the end of the day he's sentenced yeah um i don't know how everything is going to play out but like we don't need to hear every update like hey tory's by the way which which interestingly enough yeah he got married how do you think that's gonna work we're both immigrants right well because he's gonna potentially get conjugal visits you think that's why I thought it was for immigration? No, that you can't. You can't shoot someone. You can't be an immigrant, shoot someone, and then marry them to try to stay in this country. It doesn't work that way. Well, it, I mean, I'm you, not could, it's gonna you work. could try. I I'm suppose. not saying it's going to work. I thought it was for conjugal visits because they have conjugal nah, visits. In hell no! Like, uh, like that's the, what I would get married for. If I was well, going to prison for ten years, with all due respect, like if I'm him, if I'm getting he married the, the mother of his child, like, yes. I pick like a bad bitch on the ground. Like, well, but he could, I mean, but you're still married to this person, meaning that that person could potentially divorce you and try to take your assets and everything else like that, oh, even true, with true, a prenup. True. So they have a child together. So he probably trusts her more than just whatever side chicks he was fucking with. Vlad, That's what I thought. Vlad, That's what I thought. This is an immigration play, which by the way, you know, just even talking to a lot of people, it's kind of ridiculous and crazy that Tory knew this case was, was like, over his head for two years and didn't take those punitive steps. You get what I mean? Like to get married now after the conviction, by the way, keep in mind, like there's a lot of people like, for example, 21 Savage. Like I heard that, you know, you know, Wacko Hunter, who I'm cool with, who may not be cool with you, but Wacko Hunter always says, yo, why why doesn't he go to court? Well, he has open cases that might be felonies that if he went to court and it got adjudicated and if it ever came back that he was guilty, they would remove him from the country. Right? So you know what he's, he's done? Hey, let me postpone this as long as I can and get right within the country. 
That makes sense. Because at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, obviously all these entertainers probably walk around with this air of arrogance and think that they'll never get found guilty. But shit, I mean, like Tory probably in his wildest dreams didn't think he was going to get found guilty. I mean, clearly. He, he, in his wildest dreams? He didn't think well, he was shooting a documentary. Like those documentary cameras that was supposed to like capture him, like yo, not guilty, and be like, woohoo! Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of wishful thinking, but but at the end of the day, I mean, look, I just interviewed Michael Blackson, um, who was married, like years ago, like 20 years ago or something like that, and he wasn't a citizen back then, even though he was married. You getting married doesn't automatically give you a citizenship. You could use that as a way to then apply for a citizenship but uh, but being married doesn't automatically make you a citizen he was married was married for a few years got divorced and became a citizen 20 years later when he's not married so so yeah him getting married doesn't automatically mean that he's going to stay in this country mm. you know i mean maybe there's a chance of him trying to stay because he's married but i seriously doubt it because I, I from what because that crime i think will supersede any sort of laws about being married I'm a, I'm in agreement with you yeah. with that right because like it, it, the laws would be just fundamentally broken if you could just every, get found every, guilty. How many then, Jamaican deportees have you heard of? It, my uncle got deported exactly. So, so you, you know don't think I mean? that all these guys yeah, after no, catching course. a body would just get married and stay in this country? Like <laughs> now, I have a wild theory. Okay, I think the theory is I'm getting married. I'm hoping for the appeal. The appeal essentially throws out the conviction. Okay, and then I can say And then country. now, yeah. technically, I got married. And by the way, you know, he showed that apparently he owns a lot of businesses. You know, everybody does that. We give back to charity. And um, I have a family, a stable family, that, number one, I could possibly get out on bond, right, for appeal, which mm -hmm. I think that's a long shot. I think all these things are like, yeah. One percent chance. Hail Marys. Yeah, they've all been Hail Marys. Yeah, yeah. Every, like, his whole trial, it. his whole case has been one Hail Mary. No, I thought after his case was like a good 40, 60. No. Well, no, you know, hold on, no. Vlad. I've been I drank the Kool Aid. It. I've been saying you it. You have been saying. It. Have I been saying it for like two years? I have I been had, saying? I thought you were hating a little bit, Vlad. I'm not like hating. That. I just, it's just obvious. It's like, it's, you know what consumed like people like me? What it was. The inconsistencies. For example, Meg Line, we're like, yo, if you're lying about fucking with the dude, maybe you're lying about shooting. I'm shooting you. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Okay. Tory's whole defense was Kelsey Shotter, right? Right? That's his whole defense. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. He went to court and his new lawyer, <clears throat> because his original lawyer, the, the black female, yeah. she bailed out because she said she's not going to do the Kelsey defense. Sean Holly. She bailed out. Which, by the way, we found out why with the leaked like emails. That was kind of crazy. Yeah, isn't there an attorney a client privilege? How are you leaking? I don't know. But she left because I remember me and Megan talked about me and Megan Kuhn have talked about this. She refused to represent him in court because she was not going to go along with this Kelsey Shotter uh, defense. So he had to get another lawyer, right? He had yeah. to get another lawyer. So they go to court and they say, "My client is innocent, Kelsey Shotter." So then you play the jail conversation where he's apologizing to the shooter. That makes a lot of sense. You're apologizing to the shooter. I'm going to be honest with you. You're apologizing to the shooter. Th that, that audio. How do you get over that? You're that apologizing to the shooter. Has aged horribly. I'd be like, bitch, why'd you shoot her? 
Why did you shoot her? We were just arguing. Why did you pull out the gun and shoot her in the foot and say, dance, bitch, while I was standing in the car minding my own Bottom business? Of, yo, listen, I was that would be my jail conversation. Back from a you bitch, why is you shooting? This one locked up. What the fuck? Me. Okay, okay. I'm in jail right, right. now because of you. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's that would have been the conversation okay, okay. where I was saying, you know something? Maybe Tori is innocent. No, devil's advocate. Man. Tori's a street nigga. He can't say that shit over a phone. Come okay. on now. Uh, okay. Come on now. But he's saying, I'm sorry. I'm he's, sorry. He's giving all the fucking evidence that put him in well, prison. Well, well, he's sorry because he was smashing both women, playing them for a fool against each other. Yes, that's that the instigated the argument. That, 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 that's the story that he told that no one bought. That the jury all, all disregarded. I'm going to be honest with you. Unanimous jury. It, Unanimous. Way, it's, it's fine if you call me delusional. I still think I have like a, I'm going to say, 25% chance that I'm thinking this story didn't go down just as Tory shot him. I still think they're arresting over the gun. Yes, yes. There, there is more to this. But we have never heard Tory or anyone else for that matter say what the other side of the story is. It's that just is that my client is innocent and we, we think that the, the other girl shot her. But at no point is there a breakdown as to what happened. Yo. Because Tory shot her. Yo. That's why. And that's Yo. why he didn't take the stand. Yo, you know, you know and that's crazy? why he's, found, By the he's way. found guilty. And he's got 10 years. And here's, hold on, before you say this, I had a long conversation. I can't say which lawyer, but off the record, I had a long conversation with a lawyer that's in LAPD, the, the, the LA court system, every day. They work out of LA. They know that judge personally. They said, this judge is actually one of the most reasonable judges in that whole system. They started, t- they, like, I had this one case, domestic violence, we got probation. This other case, really serious violent situation, probation. They were like, if I was Tory's lawyer, I could have easily gotten one year jail, five years probation in the very beginning. Because right when it happened, remember, Megan wasn't cooperating. She was still trying to kind of protect Tory in a certain type you of way. You can't do that, though, if you're Tory. What do you mean? You got to worry about immigration and also your careers. Like, but, run. but at that point in the very beginning, when Megan wasn't cooperating, the details of the case was fuzzy. She wasn't mad at Tory and 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 basically like going on a tirade about him. He he could have approached the DA and said one year. Five years probation. Let's do the plea deal. Good. I heard there was done. a plea deal kind of up in the air. I don't know if yeah. it was officially presented, but but I heard that there was he, a plea deal. He, he he was not going. He was for not it. going for it. And and ultimately, instead of taking the one year, he's now doing ten. And according to the story, he'll do about sixty six percent of that. Everyone's like, oh, he'll be out in a year. No, he won't. Sixty six percent with time served. He'll be out in two thousand twenty nine. According, unless he gets in trouble in jail. Hey, still, I, I, I still think the bigger thing is, will he stay in the country? Will he have a career afterwards? Um, I think that's all up in the I air. Know, I think he'll get deported. Whether he has a career, I mean, I mean, listen, he still has a following. Canada is obviously where he's from. There's he's got a big market there. I mean, Europe, I'm sure he's got a big market there. America could still, it's not like his music will be banned in America. He just won't be able to physically come here. But he'll be able to release music and, and American fans can still listen to it. Tory Lane's career cannot survive if he cannot come to the United States. You think so? I don't know. Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is sort of unexplored territory. No. All right. okay, okay. Everyone thought Gunner wasn't going to be able to do, make a comeback. Oh, and look, no, no. he's got a number we, one we're record. We're going to talk about it. Because, because he, here's my thing. I hate, I hate even some of these Gunner arguments. 
okay, we're not saying people are going to be like, you like, you know, like no disrespect to him, but like Delonte West at the Seven Eleven, like begging for change. But we're just saying like your career will never be what it was before. Like it's, it's actually it's, bigger than what it was right now. With what? With no, it's not. You bugging. Fuck you, me. He's this is his biggest solo record okay, ever. That's one ever. song. Hold on, one song that's actually propelled by TikTok. His album sold half what the last album sold. It just shows you general consumption. Okay, well that song though became his biggest song yeah, ever. Yeah. So you, TikTok. so that that that's a pretty that's a pretty big step to where he was. And he that's the biggest solo gunna song ever. Well, will he ever have another album that will sell like that? Or, and will he have another song? Well, that's the piece. But hold on. Let's do the Tory thing for a second, right? Yeah, let's go. We're going we're gonna to get to it. Yeah. You know what I realized about that case? First of all, um, there's completely different. And by the way, I, I watched some of these trials on my live stream. Mm -hmm. And I watched sometimes even the reporting on it. Like, for example, I watched Megan Cutniff, like, come out of court or lawyer for workers mm -hmm. or other people, yeah. Milagros, they came out and they were giving their summation of kind of what happened. And... I'm going to be honest with you, and this is maybe why, and I want your reaction to this. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is why Tory went to trial with it. I was 0-2 for these these two trials. I thought 100% well, I thought 100% Melly was going to be found guilty. Mistrial. Tory, I leaned, I'm not saying 100%, I leaned towards not guilty, he was found guilty. The Melly stuff, there's so much, like, evidence that kind of, like, like, so much forensic evidence, which you can't even argue about, yeah. I guess. Like, <clears throat> like an <throat> argument in a car, you could kind of, you could kind of do some argument. It's a late night, everybody's yeah. drunk. The forensics is saying <clears throat> the gunshot came from one position in the car. Yeah. You have on camera with a person getting the car. I'm like, he's screwed. Mistrial. So, well, well, you have a puncher well, well, the Melly, the Melly thing had an interesting twist to it because remember when the mom announced that she had heard that nine people, nine jurors were, were voting for not guilty yeah. and three were guilty. <laughs> One of the jurors came forward and said it was actually the other way around. Yeah, she said yeah. there was one. The juror said there was one woman on that jury that the entire time refused to find him guilty. <clears throat> she refused, no matter what was discussed. She stood fast, said not guilty, not guilty, and then she managed to get two other jurors on her side as well. But it didn't matter where she got two other jurors. Had she found him not guilty, it would have been a mistrial anyways. Okay, so I, I'm wondering what you think, or do you think this is even a viable strategy? Like, for example, even Tory Lane's still a very popular person. Like, mm -hmm. Melly is a very popular person. Who yeah. knows if that person's a fan or whatever, right? But, they, it, they, I mean, they, in, during jury selection, they ask them, they ask jury, jurors those specific questions. Well, there's they going to be a couple plants. They'll say, have you even, like, generally, when you look at how lawyers operate, because I've been on both sides of, you know, you in court, I've, I've been, yeah, I've, I've gone to jury duty and I've gotten out of it. Damn. And I've also okay. been in court, you know, where I was, you know, suing somebody and had to, you know, watch the whole jury selection process and talk to my lawyer and stuff like that. Generally, when it comes to like music related people and celebrities, they usually, unless it's a Uber celebrity that like, you know, like Johnny Depp, obviously everyone knows who Johnny Depp is, right? But like with like hip, hip hop artists and R&B artists and whatever, it's like, Usually, if that person on the jury is familiar with that artist or has that art, I remember they were asking, like, do you have this artist's music, like, on your iPod or whatever? Oh, okay, okay. And if they say yes, usually the lawyer will just toss that person out because they don't want fans of True. that person on that jury. You know what I'm saying? Now, of course, the defense does, but, but the prosecution does not. Well, even if that person was a plant, I'm wondering if 
A plant? Like well, a plant? You, you can't plant someone into no, 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 into not a plant. No, yeah. no, 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 not by Melly's defense team. Yeah. I'm just saying, like someone who like loves Melly and is like, yeah. yo, I'm gonna lie to get on to this get jury. On yeah. I'm gonna. That's possible. That's my guy. Uh, would. Is it a viable even strategy or plan to think, hey, listen, we only need one person. I'm, I'm thinking the Tory case, right? Because I think in hindsight, and I hear you in like, you know, you always use the Tony Ayo line, right? Yeah. Where it's like, every every time you use it, you hit the, the flashback hilarious. <laughs> because that is, because that to me is a piece of, a piece of, you know, like a statement that you cannot argue coming from a guy that was involved in shootings himself and saw other people involved in shootings. And he said, nowhere in the hood have you ever seen someone shoot somebody, they survive, and then they decide to go to trial and fight it. It just literally never happens. This is always a plea deal situation. You do not, if the person gets on the stand and points at you and say, academic shot me with the big finger, pointed at you as they're crying on the stand because it's a woman especially. It's too hard to get over that. Okay. It's too hard to no, get I over that. It's going to sound crazy, and, I'm, and obviously it's nothing I wish. Do you think, obviously I'm just we're just doing hypotheticals here, if she died, mm-hmm. you think he beats it? Maybe. Like, by the way, I definitely believe that Maybe. her crying on that stand and said, that's the motherfucker right here. Yeah. The bald-headed leprechaun that's sitting in the defense chair. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> like, said it, not me. That's my guy, Tori. But you still, like, you know me. what I mean? Like, she fucking just pointed at him. Yeah. It's done. Like, like I, honestly, your interviews and the amount of times you've done that fucking flashback, it kind of really drew, drove the point home. It was like, yo, that is kind of crazy. You're, you are... You did shoot somebody, and the person saying that's the person who shot me. Yeah. And e- even if, like, you know, you know, us, we're litigating, like, well, at first she said it, her back was turned. How did she know? But what does the jury feel like? The jury's hearing a woman crying, yeah. and they're like, they did it to me. And then yeah. every the whole case is aimed at you doing right. it to them. Right? Yeah, maybe they're like, yeah, this motherfucker did do it. You know how he could have gotten past it? How? If he really didn't shoot her, and he got on the stand and broke down every fucking detail. No, I didn't shoot her. I didn't shoot her. Cross-examination. Who this shot? is what happened. Okay, this okay, is what okay, happened. I, I, this is what happened. Kelsey grabbed the gun for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I begged her to put it down, and she cocked it back, and she shot her. And like, yeah, bitch, you know, okay. I got better pussy than you. And then that's what happened. You know what okay. I'm saying? And I would break it down on every fucking detail, and they'd cross-examine me, and the, the neighbor would come in and be like, oh, yeah, actually, he did say that. I do remember him saying that, if he actually didn't do it. But, but there was no... But now you could purge yourself and also... You're, if you say that in open court, perjure yourself like Kelsey perjured herself. Well, I mean, that was she, that was clearly witness tampering. Nah, you think so? Kelsey didn't remember who paid for a lawyer. Kelsey changed her whole story on the stand. She didn't remember who paid for a lawyer. This was not a public defender. You know how much these lawyers cost? She drink a lot. <laughs> was she drinking today? That that day on the stand? Like I'm just saying. You know, the only thing that Tori paid for a lawyer. Hold on. The only thing that confuses me about it. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right let's go with that. Let's go with that train of thought that Tori paid for. Yes. Y'all knew this case was coming up. Mm-hmm. Let, let's say I'm Tori and I'm paying for her lawyer and I'm, yes. I need her to say a certain thing. Which she you, did. Okay. You knew she the changed case. her whole story, which is why they played the original tape. Well, here's what I'm saying. But, but, but this is why I'm skeptical. This is the point I'm trying to make. The tape. What is it from? The tape is from September. It's, the shit happened two years ago. Yeah. Just September, she was saying something else. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if I'm going to pay for her shit, I've had two years to get her on my side. 
She's over here singing a different tune in September, which means, like, okay, let's say they did. They would but have Kelsey, to do, Kelsey was on his side. Well, well only after September because she's on. Yeah. In September, she's telling them something else. Right. I wonder if she told them that, like, yo, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, they, they remember September was when the the original trial was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she told, like, Tor- let's say Tori did pay for it because I need a refund after that. I need a refund. Motherfucker. You gonna try to get a refund for witness tampering? Good luck with that. Motherfucker, I just paid good, for your good, lawyer. Good luck with that. And you done, you forgot to tell me <laughs> good, that good luck, a good month ago, that. you done told the DA Man, another fucking story. Listen, the whole thing is a clusterfuck. Like, you have no control over what the fuck happens. You know what I mean? What should have happened was. How much do you think she got paid? Let's just, let's just uh, hypothetically. 100,000, maybe. 100,000 and legal fees. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just making up numbers at this point. It's not like she's rich to be, it's not like she's Megan. It's not like she has an income, you know. I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I don't. I mean, okay. I'm, not, I'm not saying she's she's Hold on, hold on. she's unemployed. I'm, cons- I'm just saying she's not making the stallion. She's not making millions of dollars. She's Megan's friend. Are you a conspiracy theorist or no? No. Okay. No. I'm gonna throw something in the air. You tell me if it, if, if if you would even bite. Okay. Kelsey, her husband, is an executive at 1501. Yeah. For Meg's label. Yes. Meg's label. Call Crawford, the owner, during that time is publicly supporting Tory, right? Like, like, oh yeah, free him type stuff. Yeah, maybe that's how that connection. Get- maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, the, Vlad the, believes yeah, in she, UFOs. She, we got him. He's conspiracy maybe. I mean, but that, but that kind of makes a little bit of sense. So she's sort of siding against. Yeah, because Megan she's helping her husband. She's helping. She's her, helping her husband. I don't know if it's her baby father or husband. I'm not sure if they're. Married. Yeah. Okay. Well, she yeah, helps. She has him a baby together. By help furthering the label by yeah. kind of tarnishing Meg and help. Hey, kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it might be that as well. I don't know. My whole thing is that I haven't heard any sort of anything in terms of if he didn't shoot her. At no point have I heard a really solid piece of evidence of who did, and that's why he didn't take the stand because he would he would he would have gotten torn up on the stand. Were you surprised that Meg was like throw that motherfucker under the jail? Like she basically said, spare him no sympathy. I mean, he made an album about her. She was slapping though. Did you listen to the album? No, that was but fire. but I did listen to some of the songs. I think you're on the album. Oh, he mentions me. Yeah, no, no, no. So there's a super cut, the intro. I, I got to check it again. I know Ebro's on it. I'm on it. It's like all the media people who's ever talked about it. Really? Or like a lot of the interviews, well, I, they just cut it up. Like, well, I, didn't, I didn't get my Don't my, sue or nothing. I didn't, get my, li- did. I didn't <laughs> get my licensing fee. Hey, Tori, you might owe me a few no, dollars. No, don't do it. You might owe me a few dollars. Yo, he you, didn't, you might he didn't even hit me neither. I, just, I was just like, yeah, oh, but okay. you're, you're his man. You, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I was on Playboy Cardi's album and they sent over, Interscope sent over proper paperwork. It was yeah. like, motherfucker, whatever you say, no, no, you don't owe no more. Labels labels have have licensed my interviews before. For Tori. You have no sympathy for him? Um, I don't have any sympathy for someone who continuously denies the truth, even to this point. Even he, I mean, even to this point, like after he got convicted, he said, "I'm an innocent man. I'll never admit to it." Blah blah. I can't. I can't have sympathy for someone who takes no responsibility for their actions. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That that's my thing. If Tory had been like, "Yo, I'm so sorry, Megan. Up. I'm sorry. I fucked up. I was drunk. I didn't mean to shoot you." Shit, you know, we were tussling over the gun and it went off. I'm very sorry. It's like a wild whatever, positive. Whatever. Uh, yeah, man, listen. 
Uh, at that point, I, I would have a Make, lot of, you know, right. everyone makes mistakes. I would have some sympathy. But if you're like, you know, he's like the Donald Trump of hip hop. It's like, you know, the election was stolen. I didn't do anything. I'm an innocent man. They're, they're trying to get me. So it's a witch trial. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, you, you can see the similarities both ways. You There's know, so no, I don't have any sympathy for someone who is just denying everything. I mean, he wrote a, in, in the song, in that album, he said, how'd you, how'd you get shot in the foot if there's no cartilage or bone get hit? Attendance. Yeah. But she really got shot. The doctors took the fucking stand. They had to operate on one foot, and they actually managed to get the bullet fragments out of the other one without an well, operation. Well, here's the thing about hip-hop. They're looking at it as if the bullet ricocheted and split and, and, a, and a piece of shrapnel got caught in your foot, that's not really you getting shot. You getting shot is the entire bullet passing through your foot. doesn't so, matter. If, you, if you're shooting the ground and, and a ricochet hits you in the foot, you still got shot. I, uh, yes, uh, yes. You she shouldn't was be twerking like, you like very shortly. You shouldn't like be shooting. 40s. Yo, bro, listen, don't shoot a gun off around me. That is true. Okay, I agree. I, I, I will call the police on you. Yeah, like if sure. I get hit, I'm going to call the police on you if you shoot me. Fuck all that. Like I'm not. I'm not playing around. Like I'm not. I don't function by these, you know, boosy street rules and stuff like that. That's she my man. But that's not me. Not because of Jack Harlow. She disrespected. Him. She said he's a five foot midget. Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> no, no. All right. No, I'm not justified. All right. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, listen. Listen. Everybody know. I, I rock with Tory. You know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm holding on to that that 25 of, of chance <laughs> that maybe didn't do it. Yeah. Um. I do wish Meg healing energy, and I do think eventually she's gonna come back in a huge way. Yeah. Um, um, whatever, like, I feel like later down the line, we'll have a documentary that tells us a little bit more than what we know now, but yeah. the jury has spoken. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Okay. Boosie, speaking of which. Yeah. You know, I watched your video, by the way, you and Boosie interviews. I, I think I can't name, if I'm going to name interviewer and interviewee as the best one, two combo. Mm-hmm. I think you and Boosie yeah, got number one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't lie. I might give. I might give uh, um, um, Sean Cotton and, Shea, uh, and, and Charleston White. Charleston White. Like they're a combo. They're they're a combo. Yeah, yeah, they're a combo. combo. Yeah. You, you and Boosie definitely have. Do you feel bad? And I said this when I was watching. I said, "Damn." I'm like, I feel like Boosie. Boosie just doing what he normally does here in interviews. It's like now getting him caught up, like in like the family stuff happening. Like, because, like, he's also yeah. reacting to some of these stuff. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, I, I remember even thinking about it when, when the snitching thing was a, a conversation and there were certain situations where he had to, like, comment on T.I. and stuff. I'm wondering if he's like, damn, if I didn't do that fucking Vlad interview, I wouldn't have to diss T.I. And then now I'm having ramifications. Do you ever feel like, oh, man, he's getting shit uh, for nah. shit he said in the interview? Because most nah, of the content nah. is coming from the interview. No, because you have to know Boosie. Like, like Boosie, Boosie doesn't have a, like, character presence. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, Boosie, my, my conversation on the phone with Boosie are the equivalent of my on-camera conversations with really? Boosie. Yeah, like, like, he's the same person. One guy. Yeah, no, you know how people be like, no, I'm real. No, like, really, like, Boosie, like, at no point... The only reason, like, for example, the T.I. shit came out about how he felt about the snitching shit, which ultimately, I guess, T.I. was able to prove that that was just, like, a hypothetical situation, it just so happened that I asked the question. It wasn't that I provoked his answer. The answer was already done. I would just happen to be the first person to ask. Boosie goes on 
Twitter and Instagram and says the same shit that he says in my interviews. But, but, but I do wonder, like, like, does he ever, like, even at this point, be like, yo, Vlad, don't ask me about this. Like, I, not not cases, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. if it's clear, if yeah. but if he's like, yo, yo, Vlad, don't ask me about Tr, bro. Please, bro, let's just go. Let's move on. If he would have said that, I would I would have cut it out. But but, but is, does he ever kind of like give you like limits, like, yo, bro? Could we not talk about no, Kodak no, or something? No, but he'll he'll but he'll do say <clears throat> but he will do something like if I ask about open cases, other people's open cases, mm-hmm. he'll be like, I don't want to comment on it really because okay. it's an open case. I don't want my words to somehow influence anything. But you know, for example, like with Tory, he didn't say much until he was con- convicted, and then he was able to say more stuff. Mm-hmm. But nah, man, Boosie's Boosie. Like <clears throat> I just happen to be the person in the room asking the questions. But Boosie is consistent in everything he does. Like. Like Boosie's just a different type of human being, and, and the way the way I've really described it was like being at his house because what we haven't put out yet is this is estate tour, yeah, right. Like I, you know, you own your own house, mm-hmm. I own my own house, right? <clears throat> but like for example, when I bought my house, I said, okay, I'm going to buy a house in a certain neighborhood. I'm going to spend a certain amount of money. I'm going to make sure, for example, it's not the best house in the neighborhood because, you know, that's how resale value, you know, gets affected because at some point I'll probably sell this house and I want to be able to recoup or, you know, make money with my investment. Boosie built like a whole city in in Georgia. How many acres? He's on 88 acres. What the fuck? He's got a 27,000 square foot main house with a football field in the back, a basketball field in the back, a zip line, uh, a fucking... He has a zip line? He has a zip line. He's got got a wishing well. Uh, He's got, it said, Boosie, like giant letters on like one one of the hills in the back. And then you go to the other property that he bought, which is adjacent to his, and he's got three, three apartments in the back, three story apartments and with streets that are named after his kids and his dead homies. And then in the back, there's a drive-in movie theater, another pool, another basketball court. <laughs> you know what is I'm saying? This? Yeah. Or is this everything? You have all this footage. Yeah, I have all this footage. It's all coming out. Yeah. We just haven't there's put it out streets? yet. <laughs> like, Actual streets in the back that they're building. Like, like the construction workers were back there and everything else like that. His house has a bowling alley, everything else like that. Like Bowling alley? Yeah. It Just to say... Boosie is clearly fuck that. Boosie is clearly not worried about selling this house, this property yeah, yeah, ever yeah. in life. He is building exactly what he wants because he knows that very oh, few okay, people okay, okay. like like who would buy something like this. Hey, you know, I thought about that, so I built a basketball court and I like indented like my name, and I was yeah. like, I don't think if I sell this, they yeah. want my name right, right. there. You they know probably, what I mean? They probably take, but but he has. He, he, he has like two basketball going, courts, oh like you know what I'm saying, and like you could tell with Boosie, like seeing that in person because I'd never been to his house before, but I actually flew down into Atlanta to to actually do this. He is all in. He spent and he's paying for all this with cash. There's no mortgages, there's no loans. It's like all the money he makes from his shows and whatever else he does, he just pours it into his house. You know, he doesn't. Even, he even sold some of his cars to pay for some of the stuff in the back. Mm. So it's just like seeing someone who's all in in their own dreams and their own ideas is something I haven't experienced before. Because most people are sort of like, okay, I got one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, I'm buying a house, but I may have to sell it one day. Yeah, I'm doing this, but yeah, you know, I don't know if I really want to do it. No, when he's in, he is fully committed, 100%. 
He's not married. He's not in like a super serious relationship. He doesn't live with a woman. So it's like there's no one else that's part of the decision-making process except for him. So hey, How many people live there, though? Well, he's got eight kids, but his kids usually come for the summer. This is his son, like his son lives like with him. 80 people there, like 800. There's always people coming in and out of the house. It's, a, it's an interesting house. The door is essentially always open. There's like assistant, family members. His really? artists are there. They're hanging out. I remember I interviewed his, this new country artist. He said he pulled up in his bus. He was homeless. Boosie let him you know, stay. He has a tree house that his family was staying at. Like it, it's, it's wild, man. And he's building more shit because he's got more land. Okay. So uh, what I'm saying is, me or anyone else can't somehow evoke Boosie to say something that he wasn't already feeling and is going to stand behind. Mm. Boosie has never, ever pointed the finger at anyone and said, oh, I'm in this position because of something you asked me or something like that. I, I, I like that about him. Yeah. And, and, I, and he stands on it when you do ask him about these yeah. things. He always absolves you. be like, yo, listen, no, Vlad, <clears throat> like me and Vlad, we have our relationship and yeah. Vlad has never been the person that has ever made me be in any predicament. Yeah. But, you know, of course, the internet then starts with, well, you know, because he caught that recent charge. Of course. Um, how, do, how does that change, like, the dynamic of, like, the conversation at that point? I mean, it doesn't really change the dynamic of the conversation. Um, I'm, I'm aware that he has an open case, right? So, like, if we're hanging out, I'm not going to ask him about the case. I'll be like, are you good? Is everything cool? But I'd be like, I never be like, yo, man, so what really happened? You know, why, why? And it's like, nah, like, Cause I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I respect are, are you. Are you nervous about those conversations? Especially like, like again, you know, I, I told you some stuff off air, but I was like with people that I know, especially if I have a relationship with them, especially if there's an open case and like, say we used to have free flowing conversations mm -hmm. on camera or whatever. I never want anything you say to me out of maybe comfortability Mm -hmm. To be now used against you to either get you indicted, yeah. get charges. And I'm actually a little bit more cautious about it now because I've even told people, like, I know you feel like you're clear from whatever, but let's not talk about it. Let's wait until this, that we yeah. all the way know you're clear. Or tell, you, tell yeah. your lawyer to hit me that, that I can know that whatever we're about to talk about is going to be completely devoid of, like, yeah. maybe some ramifications legally. I wouldn't talk to him about it, period. Uh, on the phone or in person because you, you never know who's listening. You never know what's being recorded. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's his case. I'm not part of it. I wasn't there. Uh, I wish him only the best. And, you know, because of his case, though, uh, when we did that whole interview, uh, before we even start editing it, you know, I have a relationship with his lawyers. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Me and his lawyers have been really talking since day one they know about how close we are and, and they wanted to get certain information out there because remember they were denying, denying his bond and everything else like that. So I ran that whole interview by them okay. first. They, oh, they okay, listened to, yeah, they listened to the whole thing and they told me if anything they felt might have, might possibly affect something. And, yeah. and, and you know, and, and if that was the case, we would take it out. Okay, yeah, yeah that's dope. Um, I think as we watch, you know, especially when it comes to like, you know, new independent media, um, like, you know, I was even talking to Adam the other day. I was just like, we're like in an interesting space where like, I feel like the audience cares more about those relationships than they care about rapper A who's promoting a project coming to your your your, your show. It, like they, they know, <laughs> yo, shit. Oh, something happened. Yo, I can't wait to see the next Vlad and Boosie interview. Right, rather than be like, oh, is this guy who's promoting random 
thing A, are they going to come to your show? So th those relationships almost, you know, they start to materialize and mature where I know you and Boosie, I have a really good relationship, but usually with the artists that, you know, kind of become like like the friends of the platform, to me, you kind of start having your own relationship with them, right? Yeah. And then you, you also want to make sure your platform, you know, intuitively, overall is not hurting whatever other stuff they have going on. Of course, you got to do your job, but overall. So I, I like to see how those things blossom. And, and, and that's what I know I do it. I, I, I'm. I'm I'm actually not surprised, but I was wondering if like I'm like, did you run the spies is is attorney or are you nervous to put this out because you're like, fuck, I don't want him to say something and then, you know, what I mean, I jam up my man and obviously you've said before, especially with the tax stone stuff, you're like, yo, listen, I did an interview, but you know what, I don't know if this should come out. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna put the tax stone interview out like now, now mm. that he's been you know convicted and you know sentenced and everything else like that. At this point, it's like. I mean, I know he's working on an appeal, but at this point, yeah, I mean, I don't think like, there was anything on that interview to begin with. Uh, but at this point, um, yeah, we're going to put it out. And, and by the way, like I just did an interview with uh, Math Hoffa. He came to my platform, then went on his, and me and him have a, had a heated argument over the whole tax stone Troy Ave shit. Why? Because um, Math Hoffa's was was the connection. His he had a relative. daughter's godmother was the girlfriend of Banger. So he, I think, drove her to like the hospital or something. And he's, he's related to that situation kind of on the Banger mm. side of things. Whereas I am Taxstone's friend. Yeah. So I knew that it was gonna be like this, but me and Math go back, whatever, 15 years. Respectful. And we're, we're both respectful towards each other. So I know it's not gonna get to the point where we're like, wanting to fight each other, but it's like, but it turned into a, you know, somewhat of an argument, you know, on on the air, essentially, you know, that was being taped of like, neither one of us agreeing with each other and having uh, differing, differing mindsets when it comes to this. Wow, I I, I didn't know that piece of it because I know he's interviewed Troy Ave before. Yes, yes, he's he's somewhat cool with Troy Ave. Like, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know, but he, I think he's one of the few Troy Ave sort of, I mean, he's not so much apologizing for Troy Ave, I'm not gonna say that, but he's kind of more on the side of Troy Ave, whereas I'm more on the side of Taxstone. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it, it makes sense because of our relationships. Have you gotten a chance to talk to um, Tax? Yeah, I mean, we'd been talking. We talked through the whole, I mean, you know, <clears throat> you know, the whole time he'd been locked up, we, we would have conversations every few months and stuff like that. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a sad situation. Uh, you know, Matt's point was he never should have brought a gun. I mean, in Manhattan. And I'm in absolute agreement with that. The bringing the gun is what ultimately caused the problem. What ultimately caused all this chaos. That's interesting because, uh, you know, Matt, who has in history, like with like URL and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, punching people. Yeah, he's gotten into altercations. Yeah. Uh, obviously nothing that we heard with a weapon. But still, like you know, there's been situations with weapons. We, we, we and him have talked about it. Okay, okay. where you know, he he said that he had gotten jumped and he pulled out a gun and he. Well, he, it wasn't a venue. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about things that happen like after an event or around the oh, time of yeah. an event that would obviously make the event look crazy. <clears throat> yeah. And um, oh, that, that's kind of interesting. Wow. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, but I understand. Listen, you know, you're gonna if you have a personal relationship with someone, you're gonna probably side with them. You know, unless you could really 
play devil's advocate and really take a total look over things. But listen, you know, I mean, I I know Taxstone. We've hung out. <laughs> we've done interviews. You know, we've talked. So I understand his point of view. And, you know, I felt like if this happened in Florida, it'd be a clear state of stand your ground. But it didn't yeah. happen in Manhattan, it, it, where, it, it, where there is no stand your ground. In Florida, you know? it'd be different. I mean, I've interviewed, uh, you know, you, you brought him up, actually, was Travis Rudolph. I did his interview. Yeah, how was that? It was it was intense. It was intense, I, I man. Heard he, so he he did an interview before, yeah. but 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 of course, usually when once I see a motherfucker take a picture with Vlad, I'm like, all right, Vlad got all the juice out of him. Yeah. There's nothing else. To <laughs> nothing else. To talk there, about. There, yeah. There's no other detail <clears throat> that 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 is missed. Oh yeah, no. So, no. I went through the whole trial like with a tooth and comb. I watched uh, like the actual trial and everyone taking the stand and everything else like that. I mean, listen. I personally feel like. <clears throat> the, the the biggest problem I have with this whole case was the the fact that the girlfriend and the three guys that survived were in charge of murder. Yeah, that, that that's my problem. Which a lot of the laws of many states state that if you start out uh, uh, on a path to commit a crime. Yes. And even if one of you guys die, yes. you are culpable of said crime Correct. occurring. Correct. And. It's interesting, and I wonder if there was a there was a, a female domestic violence victim angle where maybe the DA felt it would be weird to kind of charge um, a woman, a part of a conspiracy, or something like that, because there's a lot of battered women in America who they have the same reaction. Oh, I'm calling my brothers on you, whatever, whatever. You send that message, it might make women who might be victims of abuse, even though I don't think she was. I don't think she was. But it, I, uh-huh. like, why else wasn't she charged? Like, again, because, we could be trying to Well, because... She said, shoot his shit up. <laughs> she said, shoot up his shit. And then the brother responded, Travis Rudolph is a dead man walking. They have the text messages. They have the text messages. That is conspiracy. <laughs> Right, and then they show up four deep. Two of them have guns. One of them's wearing no shirt, and they attack him as soon as he comes outside the door. You you see the chain of events. The problem is is that you can't go both ways, right? You can't charge Travis Rudolph for murder and expect cooperation from Dominique and the the three surviving people, and then charge them for murder. Oh, you, you know think, what I'm saying? You think they got like immunity or something? Of course, they all yeah. took the stand. Did. She took the stand, and the the three surviving well, the two surviving guys took the stand, and one of them basically managed to, you know, somehow you know slither out of it. But you know, but uh, the dude that got shot, I don't think took the stand. But the other, the brother and the other guy both took the stand and made a bullshit story. Well, the guy who got shot died, didn't he? Well, one guy got shot and died, and one guy survived. Hey, <clears throat> he ran out. He got shot and then ran out the car. Mm. You know what I mean, I and, and, and then lo- dropped his gun in the bushes and stuff like that. The way how Travis Rudolph celebrated that, he celebrated like that it was a touchdown when he beat that case, man. He <laughs> was he doing, he was doing the gritty. He was like he was going crazy. Life. He was bumping he was G Herbo and, and, and Little Dirk when he got to the crib. He was facing life. Yeah, that was one of those times that you know. Again, I think I don't even think that was even a gender thing. I just think that the majority of people are watching that case to say, will there be a miscarriage of justice? Yeah. And I think fortunately worked, but but even then I, I'm like still like yo he got charged and his whole life was ruined. Like clearly he's now probably getting some like you know fees from like doing interviews. But uh, no, like, no, I mean well he got he's now uh, on the roster of another Canadian football team or really? an XFL team. XFL team. Sorry, he hasn't worked out like two years. 
Well, like, no, no. He was only uh, he was only in jail for a few months, and then he got bond. Fucking long time. So Gunner was in jail for a few months. You know, it was, <laughs> he also was a professional athlete. This guy was a professional athlete, and you know, I mean, he's getting back into it. He's still relatively young. I mean, listen, is he going to be in the Super Bowl I feel next like year? His life was ruined. His life was fucked up. I mean, you can't. There's no way around it. You know what I'm saying? But he's not doing life. He's free. <laughs> you know, it, it it turned out okay ultimately at the very end. You know, but you know. Personally, I feel that she should be charged with murder and the two dudes who are in that or the three guys that managed to survive. What, what was she your takeaway from the conversation with him? Like just, you know, obviously you, you knew a lot about going to the case, but like even his demeanor and... and she was straightforward, man. Answered every question essentially the way that I thought. You know, I mean, like the... the I come into a, an interview knowing the answers to the questions. Now, obviously the, the people are going to expand on certain things, but I already have a blueprint and I already know the whole thing. I sat there and I watched him on the stand. I watched his brother on the stand. I watched his girlfriend on the stand. Well, I watched well some of it might be slightly personal too, because like, you know, you've had situations where people try to come to your crib. Yeah. Like, like not, not my house, but a house I was yeah, at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, that becomes very real to you when you yeah. see other situations yeah. like that, because at the core of every man is the ability mm -hmm. or, at least the right to defend yourself and defend the the place that yeah, you're residing. Exactly. And uh, like I remember watching this, and I'm like, they can't let this guy go down for murder. Like the basically only way he could have not caught charges is if he died. If he got shot, they would have been like, well, you shouldn't have put your hands on her, even though it was proven in court later on that. Basically, he didn't. didn't he, happen. He, yeah, he didn't beat her up. But there's actually footage of, of her punching him yeah, in the face on the ring camera. Wow! Yeah. And this is multiple times because essentially what had happened was she had like beat him up before, like a few months earlier, like in front of his mother and stuff like that. She she was and she was married the whole time. Yo, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, she was tripping out going through his phone. He was talking to another girl, but she got a whole husband at home. Hey. Well, I'm going to say, listen, hey, I'm not here denying that there's a lot of horrible men who do put their hands on women and do beat women. But we, we kind of have like a trail of like like women who kind of get off the hook for either getting their spouse or husband or boyfriend hurt or locked up for some stuff that may have not gone down. Mm -hmm. Like including that, the, 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 that little Instagram influencer from Miami who stabbed her guy to death. Yeah. Like nothing. I think she's just cooling. I think they, got, they arrested her eventually, but it's yeah. like. Not much is happening there. We're kind of seeing some of these situations where, like, I think people, you know, this whole believe women thing is taking a hit because you got some liars out here. Some of, of these scallywags are liars. Of course. You get what I mean? And you Absolutely. want to protect women, but, like, some of these people, like, I don't know if you've seen this clip. It's been, everybody's been posting it. Apparently, it's a it's an artist. She's an artist, but apparently this is a real story. Her name's Lady SB from Toronto, where she's like, well, I, I posted that. You guys may have picked it up, too. She was like, yo, hey, listen, my ex-boyfriend cheated on me, so I called CPS on him, and I called the cops on him. And basically, she admitted that she, she, she says she took joy in, in the fact that he had to have daily check-ins with, like, Child Protective Services because of how she lied on him. And she was like, like, bright. She was like, yo, I AI'd the lie so crazy that they had to believe it. And I was like, wow, this is like ridiculous. And she's admitted to all this now. Yeah, of course. It's going far. Like, she, she, actually, she hit me up and she was like, hey, you 
Can I get on your platform and talk about it a little bit more? <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. If I, if I was him, I would press charges. I would, I would, I would press charges. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, about this was on your platform. I remember you grilling me. Um, I never, I did say, and I still think, so I want to hear what, what you think now. I, I was saying I was feeling, I was, I was feeling, I was feeling Trump a little bit more than Biden. He's caught since like mad charges. Yes. He's caught more charges than the entire YSL. Okay. <laughs> now, truth be told, I think these things work for him. Right. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever see the, the inside of a jail cell. Right. Um, I, I believe these things are going to work for him to rally. Um, obviously, his base, but I think it's rallying the 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 idea of anti-establishment or the establishment is down to get you. Yeah, and uh, I think it's going to help him. Right. Well, here's here's what's going to happen because I actually talked to Trump's uh, current lawyer. And Trump is going to use the YSL polo defense. He's going to get in court and he's going to... Nah, stop. Like, <laughs> weird face. Like, hey. <laughs> Wait, you don't think he's going to ever like get no, locked I'm, up? I'm joking. Okay, so so I had an interview uh, that's out now with Alan Dershowitz. Who's that? Alan Dershowitz was Trump's lawyer for the for the Senate uh, impeachment trial. Okay, okay. He was also uh, Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer Ooh, okay. for his original uh, case that where he got off with like one-year jail time, whatever. Uh, he oh, he did Illuminati then. So he pulled all them deals out. He was part of OJ's case. He was part of OJ's uh, legal team. What's he, his legal fee? Oh, I'm 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 sure it's a lot. <laughs> he was he was uh, he did Mike Tyson's appeal, mm. and, and the list goes on and on and on. He's a you know eighty something year old Jewish guy you know who has a place in Martha's Vineyard, and you know he's met with the president of Israel, the president of Palestine. Like you know, I mean, he's he's a big deal. This is the guy. This is the guy. This guy, right? And like I said, he represented Trump. So Trump didn't throw him under the bus. You know, he throws his lawyers under the bus. No, <laughs> no. But this was the lawyer. This wasn't a legal case. This was um, his Senate impeachment okay, trial, okay, yeah, yeah, which yeah. he ultimately was found not guilty because the Senate was mostly Republican. So there was no way two thirds was going to vote against him, anyways, with him being a sitting president. So I asked him about really all the cases, <clears throat> and uh, this is what he said. It's, it's very interesting in terms of how Trump could potentially get away with this. And that is, so the RICO case is the most dangerous case. The other cases, he may be found guilty, but they're kind of slapping the wrist. He basically said that, yeah, he probably will be found guilty for the documents case, but it's like probation. Even like the espionage, there's some shit that it, like, it says espionage. I'm th I thought like when you were yeah. traded to the state, they, they fucking, you get killed by a fire I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. According to him, it's not a big deal. He said the RICO case is the biggest deal. But what it really hinges on, because he represented... Um, um, uh, Al Gore when uh, he lost to George, H. W. George W. Bush. Remember, I don't know if you remember, this was like the 2000 election, I think, where uh, it was down to like 600 votes. Like Bush won by 600 votes and all those votes were in Florida where Bush's brother was governor. So it was like all this weird stuff and they try to find... They try to, you know, overturn the election and they basically said, listen, there's more votes out there that weren't counted and it went to the Supreme Court. Ultimately, they lost. So he's familiar with this process of losing an election and trying to somehow switch it the other way. He said it's perfectly legal for Trump or anyone else to say, I don't think this was a fair election and I would like to find the truth of the matter. 
Now, what's not legal is him saying, I know I lost, and I'm going to find a nefarious way to try to overturn it. I don't think he's ever admitted he lost. And that's, that's, that's where it hinges. By him not admitting that he lost, he could argue that he thinks he won. And by him thinking he won, he's just legitimately trying to find out where some of the votes that should have gone to him have gone. And I said, you know, isn't the smoking gun like the, the phone call with the Georgia, you know, he DA? He's saying that's perfectly legal. Dershowitz said that if he was the lawyer, he would start off with that. He was saying, I would like to find the votes. I didn't say to create them or, you know, fabricate Make them. them. I just want to find them. So what he's saying is that as long as Trump never admits that he actually lost the election and he still feels, he still says that he was the winner and he still feels like he got robbed, he could potentially get out of that RICO. Now, he also said it hinges on the jury instructions because if the jury says, if the jury is instructed, do you think that it's reasonable for Trump to think that he lost? And no one thinks it's reasonable. Everyone really does, you know, think that he lost. Then he'll probably be found guilty. And it's a minimum of five years. How does he get tried? You're the you're the former president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You're also running again. Yeah. Again, you know, you're supposed to be judged by a jury of your own peers, but like the country's divided usually by mm-hmm. by, by, by political party. Yeah. If somebody is a Republican, they probably they probably are more sympathetic. Like how how does this thing get tried? Yeah, this is this is something we talked about as well. Like for example, like the case, the uh, you know the whole overthrowing of you know the Capitol building. You know that's going to be tried in Washington D.C. Um, he feels shouldn't be tried in Washington D.C. because damn near everybody in Washington D.C. hates Trump. You know everyone in that city is connected to somebody who was either hurt in that in, in that whole Capitol building attack or you know. Well, Washington like D.C. is the municipality, right? Doesn't everything, even jail or a prison, goes towards federal shit? Like if, if you so. get he, sentenced he, to, pri- to, to to prison time in Washington D.C., you go to federal uh, federal prison. So I, I think I think that actually is a federal case, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I'm not sure. I don't have my notes in front of me. But but yeah, he said that particular case he feels should be, you know, they're actually trying to put it somewhere in like Virginia and stuff like that. Mm. Obviously, they're arguing what part of Virginia if it's even going to happen. But he feels that in D.C. he can't get a fair trial because every everyone in that jury. Is really has a deep hatred of Trump because they probably have someone they know that got hurt, yeah. you know, during that whole uprising. True. So, yeah, man, you know, he also said that, uh, you know, there's no way that the RICO case is going to be tried anytime soon. You know, it's going to be at least a year. Uh, I think it's going to be at least a couple of years. Yeah, maybe. Like, and, uh, you know, wonder why something. I don't think they're rushing to a speedy trial for that. And also, he's going to start an actual campaign soon. Like, I mean, we're in 2023. The election is next year. Yeah, but the, but the judges have already said that that they don't care about the campaign. Like they're not going to work the trial around the campaign. And, and well, on the top judges of don't it, say a bunch of shit with, like, even the YSL. Like, some shit's just not feasible, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. the, 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 you with have a lot to, of co-conspirators. It's, it's a big, and also, ugly case. And apparently, yeah. at, uh, at, or, you know, Fulton County, which is, a, that's the county's originating out of, mm-hmm. Fonnie Willis, it's the most bogged down, um, it's the most bogged down um, court with all type of cases that's not even being heard yet. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, okay, cool, you're just gonna try to find. Anyway, would you be okay with a felon president? I'm cool with it. With a felon president? Yeah. If Trump is convicted of anything having to do with being a traitor, essentially, there's no way he could run for president. Okay, okay, I'm talking about you, Vlad. Yeah. He, he, he pardoned Lil Wayne, Kodak Black, 
got ASAP Rocky released from Sweden. Yeah. They were going to have him like Brittany Griner, okay? Yeah. Like, like my boy was giving out stimulus checks. Come on now. Hip-hop, we got to listen. I'm not a fan of Trump. I never have been and I never will be. So You so, can't be voting for Biden again. Uh, if given a choice between the two, I would absolutely vote for Biden. Biden looks like he's a... You don't mind me. He, he is somewhat of a walking corpse. I mean, okay, I'm not, okay. not going to deny this part. Okay. I'm not going to deny this part. Should we? Am I, am I happy with Biden? Not not totally happy with Biden, but I like I like having Biden around more than Trump. Should we start pushing for um, a max limit on age? Like, yo, we got dudes freezing up. We got dudes yeah. that don't know how to Glitching. walk. Like, come on, bro. Like, at a certain point, we might have to be like, yo, listen. Once you're pushing 80, it's over. I mean, I'm not I'm not against that. I think that there probably should be, a, you know, I mean, because you technically could have a 100-year-old president, right? Right? You know, but then, depending on how you live your life. Trump seems like he still has it. Man, like, listen, Biden looks like he's a space bro, cadet. Listen, listen, I met up with one of my old friends from college. Yeah. He's 50 years old, just like me. Our birthdays are a month apart. He pulled out his top and bottom teeth while we were having lunch. What the you know fuck? What I'm saying like, you look like you're in your forties though. Yeah, you know, I take care of myself. I work out. You, you, you know, what's so funny. Um, you know, I have all my teeth. You know, what's so funny. You know? I forgot why I was googling you. Yeah. Right. Which, by the way, a, a pro tip: you should like the old, old pictures of you. You should pro- like you could probably just get them. They thought like the older, older pictures of you, they, like. They, first of all, they didn't recognize it was you. Mm. And then the next thing they said, they said, you look younger now than who, then. Who is they? Like, it was just like friends. Like, oh, okay, my friend. It. Like, like yeah. I, we're, we're watching something to do with, 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 I can't remember what it is. And I Googled, like, I'm, mm-hmm. we're in Discord. I, I'm doing a screen share and I Google your name. And they're like, oh, um, this is Vlad. And like, some people, for whatever reason, still don't know how you look. And I was like, yeah. And then I scrolled down to something and I was like, oh, this is an older picture of him from like way back. And they're like, no, it's not. I'm like, no, it is. And they're like, oh, he looks younger now. I, I think you just like, you, you've done a, just a pretty good job of. I mean, listen, I work out every day. I, I lost 30 pounds during the pandemic. Uh, you know, That's not I, money, man. I don't, I don't, you know, I've never done heavy drugs. You know, I smoke weed, you know, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, but. At 50, he has no top. I mean, he pulled out his teeth at lunch to show me. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, drug use over over a long period of time. Uh, I just interviewed... um, They're going to say MC Shan. Not MC Shan. Yeah, MC Shan looks looks. Yo, by the way, do you know I... So I finally, like, broke the news, especially after the thing that happened with him and Nas. So I told everybody, I'm like, yo... That comment about Dusty and Broke, I was the only talking about MC Shan. Like, I literally saw him. I, I've, I've known that, and I, I never said it because it was part of a private conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. you can say that. Like, I was only talking about one guy. That's why when right. LL jumped up, I'm like, bro, you're looking like opulence. It's yeah. not you. Yeah, no, MC, like, yeah. One guy. MC Shan is, is, is looking kind of dusty. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, he has no teeth, you know, so, so yeah. I know, I mean, the, the gums that. keep yapping. But, but I interviewed uh, Fred the Hammer Williamson. I don't know if you know who that is. He started. He he was one of the major black exploitation uh, mm, actors. Okay. He was in a Black Caesar, Three the Hard Way. This is all shit before you were born. Yeah, yeah. This was you talk to any you know black man in his fifties or forties. This is a big figure. He also played in Super Bowl one. What the fuck? One. Yeah. When was that? 
Super Bowl. Uh, it wasn't even called the Super Bowl back then. It was 1900s. It was called the, the 1960, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because now it's like Super Bowl 62, I think, or 63. Man, I don't know, man. Yeah, Super Bowl one just sound like very well. Back then, it was the NFL AFL championship game because oh, there was yeah, yeah, two yeah. major football leagues, the NFL and the AFL, who both were very prominent. And then a few years after that, they all merged into the NFL. And then it was retroactively called Super Bowl one. And then now it's like AFC and NFC. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, um, he's 85 years old and looks great, talks great, lucid, like in great shape, thin, you know, had a cigar, you know, got a wife. Like he's like... That guy at 85, I'd feel totally confident having him be a president. You mm. know, but Joe Biden, not so much. I mean, Trump is near the age of Biden, but he's actually a lot more, you know, vital. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Able, you know, a lot more I clear. I still want my man talks. Biden to just, like, keel over, like, mid, like, well, State of the Union address. Kamala Harris would end up becoming president. Hell nah. We can't have Kamala's horrible. I don't know that much about her. Listen. Finally, I think people have woken up. We really kind of just got rocked to sleep on, oh, she's the first black woman. Like, of course, we want a black woman to have, like, some great status. But um, compared to, like, any other, well, Pence was a piece of shit, too. But, like, <laughs> other vice presidents, I've seen a little bit more. I've seen a little bit. I feel like they've hidden her a bit. Most, but most vice presidents don't do much. Name a vice. What did Biden do when Obama was president? Nothing. Seriously, what did Biden do when Obama was president? Nothing. Read, what did Dan read Quayle, some story times, you know what I mean? Yeah, Sing some what lullabies. What did Dan Quayle do when he was okay. vice president? When, when, like, like who else? Who was, who was the vice president for Bush? Who, who, who was, who was um, uh, Clinton's vice president? Like, you see, you don't even remember some of these people's names. Well, no, it, was, it was, what's his name? Um, I just talked about him. Uh, an Uncomfortable Truth. Uh... What was his name? Clinton's vice president. Ran, oh. He ran for president in 2000. Okay. Um, fuck. Uncomfortable truth. Um, no one here knows who I'm talking about? No one here? Man, listen. Are, are, you, are you ever going to get into uh, political interviews? You know, Breakfast Club, there's a lot of them. Um, I'm wondering if potentially maybe a, a mayoral or senatorial or even gubernatorial well, sure, candidate. Sure. I've interviewed the, the mayor of D.C., uh, uh, Bowser, I believe was, his, was her name. Uh, I've done the, the ex-governor of Chicago, uh, Rod uh, Bogoyevich, the one who mm. went to prison for trying to sell, sell you, a Senate seat. You got to do Lori Lightfoot, too. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, I, I, could, I could do her. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then like the Alan Dershowitz interview, like I said, was sort of a, you know, I mean, he wasn't a political figure, but he works with yeah. major political figures. Yeah, man. I, I would love that. I mean, th this year I really spent um, not worrying about views so much and worrying more about important pieces. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, it's just like, I understand that. Well, you're winning the catalog game, so the views is going to be there. Yeah, like, like, finally, yeah. the game has, I've always said, and I told you this, the game is now in the algorithm, yeah. or not algorithm, but, but, like, finally, where new media is, is like, finally, we're getting, like, all the things due to us. The person who has the most extensive catalog that seems to be the most uh, evergreen is yeah. going to have views, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he, that, that, that's been my plan the whole time, right? But 
I understand that some of these interviews, uh, you know, like, like Fred Williamson, you didn't even know who he, who he was. But like, for example, Chuck D, he hit me. He was like, yo, you got Fred fucking Williamson? Are you serious right now? Yo, like you the, yo, I love you for this shit, man. You know, because he was such a huge fan. But, you know, Chuck is like 60. You know, so he used to watch him on TV, play football, <laughs> you know? Are people pitching you these things or are you like, you you pick very key individuals that yeah. even if we don't know at the time, like for example, like I watched the whole, well, I mean, obviously I know him from like the Fugees and shit, but like I watched the whole like positive interview because yeah. he became relevant later on, yeah. right? Um, I, I, how are you kind of like pick, because you'll have certain people on that, maybe I don't care for them at the moment, and it's it's like you're you forecast or maybe you're tapping into some other shit, knowing that, hey, this is probably gonna turn into national news, and everybody's gonna want to know this person's story. Well, I mean, with Praz, I had no idea that he was gonna get arrested a few years later. You asked the right questions. You kind of uh, like you knew, you no, knew. No, I did. I Vlad, honestly, you knew. No, I did. Vlad was asking some questions like, not, "Yo, I did not know. <laughs> I did not know." But you know, when I interviewed him, I asked him about the whole uh, like the I forgot what it was, like a million dollar. Uh, donation to the Obama campaign or something of that sort. He was like, oh, how'd you know that? And I'm like, well, we, we looked it up. It was, it was public knowledge. I had no idea that he was going to ultimately get hemmed, hemmed up with that whole Malaysian dude. Mm. Uh, I didn't even know they were connected at the time. But, you know, I mean, now that it happened, it happened. But I, I can't predict the shit. But, I mean, as a whole, it's always been like this. We've never really been cool with the record labels like that. With the, the you know, the PR department and the record labels and the publicists have... You know, remember the whole thing that happened with the publicist at Warner Brothers who, you know, that one woman who said she's blocking all my interviews and I, I, I put her on blast. Like, that that's almost been a regular with me and the labels, like, for the whole 15 years that we've been out there. So we've always had to find alternate people to interview because we don't include get included in these media runs 99% of the time. So we're like, fuck it. If y'all don't want to work with us, we're going to find people to work with. And that's what we've done. We've had to, you know, think outside the box. Yeah. Um, so speaking of just like how the media is now, I don't know if you've watched this. And actually, I asked him about you when he was here, Elliot Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Elliot Wilson. Um, We're supposed to do something later on in the year as, as well. Me, me and him, uh, you know, start talking again. He's 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 gotten a, he's gotten some fire stoked under him ever since I think the list came out. He's been doing much more stuff. Um, you know, also popping his shit too. Like, you know, I mean, he's he's definitely a, a legendary journalist. Yeah, he's OG in this game. And he was doing it before me. You know what I'm saying? So and shout out to Elliot Wilson. Yeah, shit. he's been doing it way before me. I used to read his magazine, Double XL, from the very first issue. That's crazy. Yeah, I never read the very stuff. first issue you. with Jay Z on the cover. Elliot Wilson, I believe, was the editor in chief at the time, or he was part of it. I think he became editor in chief a little bit later. But yeah, I've been a long follower of, of Elliot. So what happens is that. Apparently, you know, Drake gave him like six or seven interviews. I didn't even know he gave, it was gave that him much. one. I heard no, it's multiple. They did a crown interview. They did a one at his house. They're doing written interviews, uh, and okay. the, so it's like I think it's like four or five, but okay. it's multiple, right? right? I didn't know that. And um, because of that, you know, he had criticized like Drake's like interview with that girl. Yeah, with that girl. Yeah, and um, Drake goes off on him. Yeah. He actually commented on my page. He was just like, "Yo, this is what he's doing now." He's like, yo, and, and he says something of the sort, and he's like, yo, yo, watch watch the the new generation take over or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, just take a back seat, you know, OG, you know, you know, the youth got it or something like that, yeah. What, what did you think about that, but also, like, extrapolate that 
to you because I think all of us in media, we always either think about or wonder, let's say you're just doing your job and then the biggest rapper or a very relevant rapper just calls your platform or calls you out. How would you have dealt with it and would you think about what he said to him? I mean, I get called out by rappers all the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm constantly... That would have fucked up my day. I remember, I was like, yo, um, if Drake said that publicly? Well, I mean, in this particular case, Elliot Wilson kind of started the fight, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Drake was minding his business. This girl was minding her business. Elliot's name. Well, he probably feels these old interviews. Well, you can feel that way, but that's just not true. You never feel that? No. No. You're going to drive yourself crazy feeling that way. You know what's so funny? I, I'll be on your channel and I'll, I'll see Cardi B flashback. I'm like, oh shit. I yeah, like Cardi, Cardi B needs to be on my show twice. This is before Bodak Yellow came out. Ever since Bodak Yellow, not a... You, 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 but, but you don't like retroactively. Like, damn, man. Like, you know, like, when no one was really going out their way to interview. I did the Migos first interview. I haven't done the Migos in like a decade. None of them. Well, mm. there's only two of them left, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, I've, and I've interviewed them. And, you know, I, we did Takeoff by himself. We did uh, Quavo. Uh, well, no, we did Offset by himself. We did Quavo and Takeoff. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I haven't seen them in, like, 10 years. That's life, man. Like, people get to a certain level and they feel like they only want to align themselves with certain platforms. And most times, the amount of interviews they do really taper off to almost nothing. And they'll just strategically do one or two. You know, like Dirk did your platform last yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. That was something that he wanted to do himself, not because he needed to do it. He could have gone anywhere. But he chose to do it with you because of that's what he wanted to do. Right? He didn't it's not that you were offering him the biggest check or anything else like that. You didn't pay him anything, I'm sure. He wanted to do it. And when it comes to these situations, you'll drive yourself, you'll get upset, you'll drive yourself crazy feeling like, yo, I looked out for these dudes and now they they don't even take, you know, return our phone calls or whatever else. But that, that's just life. And to me, I try to internalize it more than anything else. To me, it's like, okay, well, if they don't want to do my platform, it's because my platform is not big enough anymore. Mm. And I should just oh, try so, to- so you kind of almost like, yeah. okay, let me get more relevant. Let me get yeah. more. Yeah, because clearly- You you still feel like that even yeah. now? Yeah, well, yeah, because- like at this point, if a motherfucker don't want to do it's your not platform, a, it's not a, it's, you can't. It's not getting bigger. It's like that motherfucker just don't want to do your platform. Well, I mean, there's that, but there's also the bigger aspect of it because ultimately, me being Vlad TV and somewhat established, and the Migos being at a mixtape level before Drake dropped, you know, jumped on Versace, I was a lot bigger than they are. Mm. You know, I remember even like Quavo was asking about my watch, and, you know, I had the Hublot watch or something like that. You know, this is before they had their, you know, all their jewelry and everything else like you that. You always been into watch, huh? Yeah, always. Um, and but now, if you ask the average human being around the world, have you heard of Vlad TV or you heard of the Migos? The Migos are a much bigger entity than Vlad yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. For me to think that I'm bigger than the Migos just because I've been around longer would be stupid. You know, so so I'm a smaller entity now than they are. So they are the ones that are really doing the decision making process. Whereas, you know, and it's interesting. You view it on a on a very like non emotional transactional level. I yeah, think a lot of people to. view it as, yo, I gave you your first shot. You owe me because I you ain't know, had to give you that. Nah, bit. nah. You you're gonna drive yourself crazy doing that. You're gonna drive yourself crazy, and you're gonna end up beefing with people, and you're gonna end up getting upset, and it's not gonna go anywhere. You know, at the end of the day, it's all a business. These are all business transactions on some sort of level. Like, 
when people say, oh, you know, we gave you your first interviews and, you know, we never charged you and you did it for free. It's like, no, you came to my platform because it was a big platform. You would have done, done my interview if I had a thousand followers. You did it because I had three million followers. And the interview came out and millions of people watched it and you probably had some business opportunities because of it. Like my man, Jason Weaver, got all types of TV and movie roles after doing my interview. Yo, I ain't gonna lie, you got, you got Yayo lit out here. No, no, obviously, I, like, like you know, you're not taking away from him, but, but like... He, this is this is his words. Yayo had been, like, silent for, like, a decade just because he was playing his position. You know, he was 50s man. He was still on G-Unit. He, he never spoke out against anybody. He was loyal. He, you know, but he wasn't getting a lot of shows. You know, he would go on tour with 50, but he was just sort of quiet himself. And... You know, working with one of his guys, we convinced him, you know, to do, you know, find a mutually beneficial situation where he did that first interview. And then he was like, oh, shit, I'm lit again. Yeah. Now he's doing his own tours. He had his own show. and Well, he's supposed to have his own show in New York. I think something went wrong, like had to be rescheduled or something like that. You know, he had his own, he's putting out more mixtapes. He's doing other podcasts. He's doing other interviews. He's, he's, de- he's definitely way more visible and relevant. He, he and, breakfast club. And, 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 and play this. Yeah. I, I know now, like, if I see Tony Ayo's name pop up, I'll click it. Yeah. And and that trust came from the content he's doing. Yeah. And, I, and I've had to also, like, I've had to sort of work with him to open up. Because if you look at that first interview, he's very guarded. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to talk about other people, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like... Well, him and you got a report now. I, I well, like now when, we do. I like when he cuss you out. Yeah. I like when, like, you're black. You're black the fuck <laughs> Shut out. the fuck up, black. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, because we actually have, now we actually have an actual relationship. You know, had I not flown out to New York uh, last week, I would have gone to the, the 50 Cent show, mm. at, you know, in L.A. I was actually looking forward to doing that, and then I had to travel that day. So. Shoot, you better be happy you ain't going there. You might have got hit with a mic. I know, right? <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah, man. your Adam 22 interview, man. Yes. Um, listen, yes. I'm going to be honest. Vlad, let me tell you this. Everybody knows when it comes to, you know, I, I have a list of people who I feel matter. Of course, when it comes to new media, um, my, my two white counterparts are you. And yeah. Adam. Do you feel, by the way, before you go on, Van Lathan was on Adam's show and he said that black people don't care about no jumper. Do you, do you agree? Well, he's talking about it in a different context. He's not talking about people who care about the content we're consuming. So he, he's talking about like the random black person who may not, like we're hip hop fans. Yeah. Like if, if, if I talk to a random hip hop fan about, yo, did you know this happened today? Because I keep up with all this stuff and yeah. they might be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Right. So so I guess it, he, he was also and we could talk about that, too. He was definitely trying to calm the 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 influence because he probably would say that about your platform, too. But I wonder he, if he would. I, I don't I, I'm going to ask Van that. Like, do you think black people care about flat TV? Well, I think he'll say that, too. But I think he'll say that about me, too. Really? Because I don't think he's. Sometimes, like, I've always said hip-hop, this hip-hop space we operate in, this cultural space, is an amazing space, but sometimes we forget that outside of it, there's other bubbles. There's sports, there's politics, there's all these other things. The regular human, the regular black person, the regular even white person walking down the street, even though most of this content usually appeals to people who might be urban, right? They aren't in tune as much as we think they are. Oh yeah, the people I, who mostly hip hop. I'm relatively unknown. 
if, if you look at your comments, you'll notice the same people. You'll yeah. notice, like, we're super serving super fans of hip-hop. Yeah. And, and, and I understand that because I, I, I when, when he said that to um, Adam, I looked at it to say, oh, you're telling Adam that, hey, listen, yes, you're, you're doing your thing, but the, the, the random regular person, like, you're not changing black culture. And I, I agree with that. I don't think I'm changing black culture. Neither are you. I, I think that we affect hip hop culture. Okay, yeah. And in hip hop culture and urban culture mm. that appeals to news, you can't go around us. That's yeah. a fact, right? But if it's like you know, like, like some, I, I'll I'll go places, right? There's going to be a bunch of black people. I assume they're going to know me, not because I'm like, oh, I'm like, I assume they're into hip hop. And by, 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 by just off adjacent, whatever, they know hip-hop, they may have heard of academics through hip-hop. Yeah. Now, granted, if they only like jazz, they probably don't know who I am. Or, yeah. or maybe they know from TikTok or something. But, 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 yeah. but Most people, like if I go to the airport, if I go to like a, a place where there's like a large black community, usually people start recognizing me. B and most, most times, like ninety percent of the time, and then even then, that's recognition, right? Or recognition. What Van is talking about, if you listen to the context of the conversation, mm -hmm. is if Vlad has a conversation about, say, racism on his platform, mm -hmm. does the regular black person give a fuck? And I would say. No, and I, I'll believe it about myself. Even again, the regular black person isn't tuning to us as you know, he's talking cultural shit. Like play this in his world, because you got to realize Van is not hip hop, right? In Van's world, people who are cultural, like maybe a Dr. Umar Johnson, are more influential to the black culture mm. than media and content creators. Okay. So th it, it, that's him saying, hey, you think you're doing something, but the black community won't just have, you can't create or you can't dictate what the black culture is going to think or, or whatever. You can just create content they might consume. I, I, I kind of agree with that, but I do think he was trying to, trying to shit on, you know what I mean, Adam a little bit or kind of maybe quell his ego. But you did do an interview with Adam. Vlad. Mm -hmm. I ain't gonna lie, man. I've been saying, I, I've been saying this on stream, I've been saying this publicly. When people ask me to try to explain what's going on, the easiest way I could explain it without getting my hands too dirty is, yo, that's some white people shit. <laughs> like, let me just, that's white people shit. I don't like, I don't want to get into the minutiae of the, 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 whatever. Obviously, by the way, clearly, and, and I'll say this, I know you ain't into none of that bullshit. No. But when you had a conversation with him, um, I know we've had a conversation. We had, we, we kind of got a little heated about Trump on your platform. Mm hmm were you like, yo, yo, I love Adam, respect him, we have a great relationship, but he bugging the fuck out. I don't I don't think that Adam I mean, it's not white people shit. I think it's like like sex work shit. Because Adam is a sex worker, so is Lena. Whether you want to call it that or not, I mean Yes, but but he's in hip hop. 
Well, right. He he's both. But hip hop usually doesn't align with some of the things that go along. Right. With there that. hasn't been, you know, there's been a lot of porn stars that have tried rap and it's never worked out. So there's never really been any sort of really cross <laughs> any sort of like real strong cross pollinization between the two. But Adam actually has a popular hip hop podcast and he also does porn. Right? He What's does. your thoughts on it? My thoughts is is in the in the sex worker world, this to me is not all that weird, you know. But if you're not a sex worker, then you're, you're you are going to find that weird. Yeah, it, but it, it, like I can't, Vlad. I'm gonna get a, a real okay, answer. Look, 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 look. We're okay. all platform owners. Yes. Okay. Look. If if I seen you, if I seen Vlad announce he's doing porn. Yeah. I would be like, what the fuck, is Vlad doing? Yeah. Why? Okay. You're successful. You have this thing that has defined you that's not your brand. If I did it, you should say the same too. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's not your brand. Like, you're right. kind of doing some other stuff right now. Hey, you're successful. That's my only thing with Adam. If Adam came in just fucking girls from like, like, like doing the porn stuff immediately, I, w- I would understand it. He, I, you successful in our own rights, doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I'm like, I don't know. I, I was just like, I, I well, still okay. question it. Okay. I, I don't, I've never gone through Adam's books. I don't know his finances. So, so this is just sort of me kind of eyeballing shit. Yeah, this is spitball shit. This is spitball shit. But from my perspective, I believe that Adam makes more money on the porn side of things than he does on the hip hop side of things. So the majority of his business financially is coming from the porn side. And that's where I find my issue. See, like, like he made over a million dollars off that, you know, that Lena scene with Jason Love. Over a million. Hold on. In fact, he said that that's the biggest scene Ever on OnlyFans. I have a number that I've heard from a few people. I'll tell you to say. Go ahead. But but, but th- th- this is my fundamental problem. It, Vlad, you're the godfather of this new media shit. I'm one of the. I'm lucky to be one of the prominent people of this new media shit. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at me and Adam, and anything. I remember like even when me and him got into it like like years ago. I was like, anything I'm getting in terms of opportunities or labels coming to me, they're coming to you too. I know we're getting the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. I know that financially, you, again, you say you don't know the books, but I know you don't need to get additional or external income from whatever, whatever, neither do I. And I said the same with Adam. That's why it confused me because I'm like, nah, nah. I think I think you're looking at it a little bit wrong. How? Because your situation fundamentally is different from Adam's because you have a deal with Spotify. You have a deal with Rumble. You he could have gotten that. He, he doesn't though. Well, well, maybe not Spotify, but like, well, if if he wants to go to Rumble, I think I've sp- I've talked to, Ru- to the CEO. Rumble's gone nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Really? And, and, I, and I actually, and it's annoying to me because I have an interview with the QAnon shaman that I can't put on YouTube that I've been wanting to put on Rumble, but I, I wanted something in place first and we had a 30 second conversation. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about okay. it afterwards. You know what I'm saying? But no, Adam does not have a deal with Spotify. He does not have a deal with Rumble. 
Uh, he doesn't, I believe, have any big sponsorships. This is, but neither do I, right? This is not a shout at him. I'm, I'm the same way. But um, I have, so, so you have all that income coming in where you're not dependent on YouTube. And Adam even said in our last interview that although his YouTube channel is doing pretty good these days, he's not dependent on YouTube with AdSense because he has so much other revenue from all the OnlyFans shit and everything else like that. So when I look at his business, mm. this is not me making judgment calls or anything else like that. When I look at his They're business, the majority of the money that's coming in from the business is through the porn stuff. And then the the... The, the no jumper hip hop YouTube shit is a nice addition, but it's not, you know, cause for example, that was the whole thing about like AD and all them leaving. Like Adam has said multiple times that those shows weren't making money. I could relate. I've had multiple podcasts that haven't made money. What, what do you think? Let's stay on that. Um, which ironically, I, I talked to Vlad about a lot of things publicly and privately, but I've never talked to you about that situation. Mm -hmm. I quote you all the time as I try to expand. I'm trying to expand. I'm hiring more people. I have shit. I even like, I'm trying to hire, I'm, I'm trying to hire so many people yeah. to do this, to do that. Yeah, 20, and, 20 employees. And you told me back in the day, you said, Ack. I said, and this was when I'm doing everything. You said, you're, you're killing it right now, but you're going to want to expand one day. The hardest thing is going to be hiring. Yep. And I remember that because you were fucking right. The hardest thing is hiring. Yeah. How to hire someone who matches your passion. Yes. Like, it's so hard. And um, so Adam did it. But we see what happened. What, what's your view of, like, the entire thing that happened? Or how would you have done it? I mean, I told him. I told him the mistakes that he made. Uh it's interesting, for example, I was on Math Hoffa's uh, podcast last night and I got to see uh, him with his staff and his crew and kind of like how they're, you know, putting stuff together and trying to set up systems in place. Like there was one guy that was putting together a whiteboard and I'm like, oh, what's that for? He's like, oh, to put topics. I'm like, you guys thought about getting like a, like a video screen instead because then you could just email the stuff. They're like, oh, yeah. And it's like I'm seeing some of the things I learned, but they're, you know, they're a newer company. So they're putting everything together. So. 15 years, you, 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 you know, bump your head a lot. You make a lot of mistakes. You, you see what works. You see what doesn't work. In terms of what happened with Adam is this, is that you have a bunch of employees for your company that are working for you that are creating podcasts for your platform. When we have employee, like a Vlad TV employee signs a non-compete, meaning that when you work for Vlad TV, you can't go to DJ Academics and film his videos on the weekends mm. and, and edit his content as well because Academics, although is my friend, is also my competitor. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to train you on how we do things at Vlad TV for you to go and help our competition. Now, if you're a contractor- Which, by the way, is, is very standard, like it's not standard, only- it's, it's standard, standard in every industry. In every industry. Like, you know, you can't, you can't work for Uber and then be- have a side gig at Lyft, you know, uh, as you're, you know, if you're a high level type person that's, you know, has trade secrets and everything else like that. Um, so he had a group of people that were creating podcasts for him, but they also had their own competing podcasts themselves. So when it came to booking guests, 
at first they would bring everyone a no jumper, but then they figured out that, hey, I'm getting a salary of no jumper. I could bring these guests to my own platform and then I could double dip. You know, double dipping is, a, is something you're always looking for, you know, because an employee will do that whenever possible. You have to watch what happens and you have to, you know, fix that problem as soon as it happens. He had a whole bunch of people that were making, creating competing content while he, they were getting full-time salaries from him. <clears throat> and, you know, there's that, and there was also the, you know, he had mentioned all these times that these were his friends, you know, that things would get kind of complicated in terms of their friendship, and it's like, you can't really be friends with your employees either, unfortunately. Really? You know, yeah, yeah, because, because then you can't manage them the way you have to manage them. It turns into a feelings thing. It turns into a friendship thing. It turns into this in terms of that. I have to be able to tell my my staff to do something without having them argue with me about it. You know, I mean, having an employee that argues with you is difficult, you know, and you can't just fire people at the drop of a hat either because there's repercussions for that. You know, there's whole processes behind and everything else like that. So I've learned over time, you sign non-competes, you can't work, you know, now look, if you work for me and you want to do a cooking show, sure, go for it. You want to work on a movie and an independent film on the weekend because you're a videographer, go for it. You can't use my equipment, but you know, yeah, you could absolutely do all that. I, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd say great. So you have to have the non-competes okay. and you also can't have the friendships overlap with your actual employees because you guys aren't equal in the sense of the workspace. In terms of humans, you absolutely are equal. But when it comes to the workspace, there's a CEO and then there's someone of another um, you know, position. And the CEO has to be able to tell the person, I want it done this way and have the person follow it without saying like, oh man, like, does this have something to do with me dating a girl back in the day? Like, you know, like some so shit like that. So let me ask you this question. And again, I'm putting you kind of in that role of Adam and you know, obviously, we're, we're like Monday morning quarterback and everything. But okay, cool. So you have a bunch of guys, you know, mm-hmm. again. It's, and, and women. And women. And and now they're doing a podcast. Like, you have them doing podcasts on your network. But then they go home and they're kind of doing a podcast at a crib, too. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Full, all the podcasts I've ever had have always been with independent contractors. Okay. So how do you deal with that? Because you don't want to tell them, hey, you're doing a podcast with me. You can't do a podcast elsewhere. Or you can't do any other podcast. Well, how would you handle that? If they're an employee, they've signed a contract that says that they can't do that. Now, now in certain states, I guess that may or may not apply, but we've never really had a problem with that. I mean, we've had had people that have, you know, that have booked people for our show and then turn around and behind our backs booked them for other competing outlets and they've lost their job because of that. Mm. Um, but when it comes to like, for example, Sean Press. Sean Prez does interviews for Vlad TV, but he has his own YouTube channel and he d- interviews people as well. No problem. He's, he's a contractor. So, so I have- That's I have, not a competing? No, no, no. That's no, not he, conflict of interest? Not, no, because he's a contractor. Okay, okay, okay. Meaning that he comes in to do a specific job and when that job is over, he's expected to have other jobs as a contractor. If all he did was work for me, then technically he would be a, an employee and I would have to reclassify him as that. But the whole point of a contractor is that someone that has their own equipment, has their own office, has multiple uh, clients, work, you know, set their own schedule to a certain degree, everything else like that. It, you know, I mean, we, we've learned the hard way about employees and contractors early on. You know, everyone wants to just go contractors until they, you know, the, the employment department will come in on them and say, you know, you guys better clean this up or else. 
You know what I'm saying? But yeah, if you're a contractor with us, um, you could leave at any point. You could do whatever you want with anyone else. It's all good. But if you're an employee and I'm paying your salary, I'm paying your health insurance, I'm, you know, you are all in into this business, I can't have you double dipping. And that's ultimately what I think happened. And it started to cause more and more problems to the point where, you know, and then, and then what starts to happen is the people feel like, well, fuck it, we're gonna start our own platform, we'll do even better. And most times they find out that's not the case. I've had that with some of my employees. Like, you know what I mean? They go and start their own YouTube channel, try and do similar stuff, and it goes for a couple months, and then they realize that it's not the gravy train that they thought it was, and they go back to their job at Home Depot or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it is what it is. So uh, all that kind of happened, and by the way, there's a lot of shit that actually kind of like transpired, but... Um, Adam's still, you know, he's still doing what he's doing. And by the way, I ask you these questions because I'm starting to hire. Like, I've, you, you know this about me. I've been the sole content creator yeah. on my platform for 10 years plus. Yeah. Too long, I feel. That's what we, I think. We, we, we've talked about this a yeah. lot. We've talked but I've always said this. This, this and, is no surprise. Okay. And I am in the place and the position now to say, you know what? I'm going to expand. I'm going to invest. I want to bring other people on. Mm -hmm. Give me the advice of what I should, because I ain't going to lie. I, I even told Adam, this is why every, I don't care what people have said about, I refuse to clown him or talk any down on him about that situation because I'm learning too. Mm -hmm. Like you've learned, mm -hmm. but we're now learning. So he's learned and, and, and I'm trying to learn from him rather than go bump my head. Yeah. Uh, hiring is the hardest part of a business. It's also the biggest cost of a business. Mm. When you look at almost any company out there, when you look at their biggest expense, it's usually employees. You know, unless you're talking about some sort of weird technology biotech company that requires really specific, you know, multi-million dollar equipment. And even in those cases, you need a bunch of really high-end people that you have to pay competitive, you know, rate, you know, rates to and so forth. Uh, that is the biggest expense of any company. This is why when companies, you know, the economy contracts, what do you usually hear? Layoffs, right? You don't hear people, you know, companies getting rid of buildings or equipment. They usually first start with layoffs. And it's, it's hard. It's very hard. It's hard to manage. It's because you can't really duplicate yourself. I wish you, I could. you will never get another academics. I wish I could. You'll never find anyone who's got the drive of an academics. Uh, and, and one way around it, I remember me, me and Russell Simmons got into this conversation the other night. Like Russell, the one thing he's done that I haven't done myself is that he's been very good at giving key people in his company pieces of his company. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Explain like, next week, man. Well, like for example, when, when Def Jam got sold, um, Lear Cohen had a big piece of the company. Uh, you know, Julie uh, uh, Greenwald, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that's the right name. She had a piece of the company. I think Todd Moskowitz had a piece of the company and everything else like that. So when, when the company got, got merged and sold for like a hundred million, all these people had, you know, became multimillionaires because they were given percentages of the company. And Russell felt that these were all uh, key people that, that he would have been able to get to where he was with Def Jam without those people on board. So by motivating them, he gave them pieces of the company. Um, I'm not there yet myself, but maybe at some point I will be. Uh, but saying that, 
motivating people is not easy. Uh, they'll, they'll never be as driven as you are because you're the owner. You created it. It was a picture in your head. It's, it's got your face on it. <laughs> you know, it's got my name on the company. And I'm, I remember hearing a story about uh, how, how hands-on Michael Jordan is with all the sneakers. You know, like really? all the all the new the new models that come out, like he'll literally go down to Nike headquarters and he'll go through, and if, if there's stuff that he doesn't like, he'll like cuss out the designers. He'd be like, "Like this is not a logo. This is me. This is me right here on, on you know on this sneaker." Uh, so so don't come up with fucked up versions <laughs> of me, and you know and he doesn't even own the company, but he's got a brand there. So so saying that it's. It's hard to hire people and try to, ex, you know, expect them to do the same level of work that, that, that you'll do because they, they'll never quite do it. But but you could find, over time, you could find good people. You could find people that really believe in your vision. Uh, places, you know, I've learned for over time that, for example, uh, going through recruiting agencies and paying like 20% or 25% of the first year salary most times is worth it because the quality of applicants you get through a recruiting agency will be much higher than if you post something on Craigslist or go to jobs.com or whatever the, the website is that you know you find jobs on or LinkedIn or whatever. So so it's it's hard, man, it's hard. And, and you're gonna have to have an HR person who's sort of in charge of dealing with employees because if employee problems start to arise, you sort of need that buffer to sort of deal with it because there might be problems with employees that have nothing to do with you. That's what I thought about No Jumper, too. I was like, yo, oh, I don't know if you ever seen what they had going on. They were they were ready to fight each other. Yeah. They were spitting on each other. Like, they were going crazy. I remember thinking, I'm like, this is an HR nightmare. But not only that, I'm like, yeah. yo, Adam's going to get sued. Like, yo, if I show up to work and I'm getting slapped, yeah. I got to yeah. sue my employer. Like, yeah, yo, what's I mean, up? I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen. I'm not, I'm not advocating, but you know, we've all dealt with legal problems, you know, with lawsuits, with, you know, the employment department. Like it's, you know, you can't just fire a person off the drop of a hat because they, they annoyed you that day. There has to be write-ups. There has to be probable cause. And, you know, there's issues with unemployment. Like, you know, some people, like if you quit, you don't get unemployment. But if you get, you know, or if you get fired, you don't get unemployment. If you get laid off, then you do get unemployment. A lot of times people will quit and then file for unemployment. And then when you say no, they quit, they'll try to fight it and, and so forth. And it's a whole thing, man. It's a whole thing. This is why some people just specialize in HR. Some people spend their whole lives just doing HR and become HR experts. <laughs> and and it's, it's a thing. And, and Adam is just going through growing pains. No, I definitely know and he's his. been. Yeah, he's been doing it. Uh, you know, he's been doing it less time than I have, uh, and so so he's going to run into some of the stuff that I went through a few years ago. I can't even foresee going through some of these things, and I, I'm. I, you know why? Because I care so much about this brand and everything I've built. I can't even imagine arguing with the motherfucker who I hired. Like I, I will allow you. I've, I've told Adam like, Adam, you better man than me. I'd be going crazy. Like, what? Motherfucker, I gave you a job when you was nobody. I over here, I built this shit with blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Well, it, you, you would and think now, that. And now, you're, now the ungratefulness is coming in. Right. But then, but then, you know, once the, your company matures and everything else like that, you have to start to realize that uh, if you get mad at someone and just fire them, 
they could then sue you for false termination, right? And then you got to deal with that whole headache. Mm. So, so you have to be careful about how do you let people go. And ultimately, when you look at places like New York and California, places that I operate in, uh, you know, these are places that are really big on workers' rights. You know, the employers a lot of times has to take a back seat to the worker. You know, it's geared a little bit towards towards the workers. And you just, I mean, it just is, it's just part of business. You know, I mean, clearly someone does something completely outlandish, they get fired. You know, they don't show up to work. You know, they, you know we've had people just disappear on us. You know, you wait one day, you wait two days, you wait three days, and then it's like, all right, well, you've now abandoned your position. Now you're, we've let you go. And there's really no gray area when it comes to this, but people will come up with all types of outlandish reasons not to do their job and still expect to get paid, <laughs> you know, for, for not doing their job. So, mm, crazy. you know, people have told me that I'm the reason why the company's being held back, that they know better than I do, like, what to do here. Like, I'm not a run black TV boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had Hilarious. someone say that to my face, Hilarious. you know, as they're getting fired <laughs> or laid off. Um, <laughs> but as media is going on, you know, what I had sitting in your seat probably about less than a week ago, probably about like four or five days ago. We had the CEO of a streaming um, company, well, well, a TV or video streaming company, mm -hmm. Zeus. Yeah. Uh, we had Lemuel Plummer, who was sitting there, and we did an interview with him. And, you know, he was basically also talking about just the change of linear TV to now pretty much everything is streaming. I mean, obviously music, everything is streaming. I mean, shit. Even our um, content, it's pretty much consumed mostly as streaming. And now you have like uh, television or, you know, what could be like programming that would be on television. Mm -hmm. Linear is going down. Um, streaming is popping up. I asked him about buying BT, which, by the way, recently we also heard that Tyler Perry submitted like a two, two billion, two yeah. billion, which I thought was a lot. They, wanted three. Um, they said they wanted three or some yeah. shit like that. What do you feel about just that in general? Like, you know what I mean? Um, network TV, they're trying to figure it out. Yo, I heard the craziest stat recently. I don't know if you've seen this, but this might shock you. Because mm -hmm. compare this to like even your channel. So, Stephen A. Smith, who tweeted out, because recently it's announced that he's going to be having Shannon Sharp join First Date. Mm -hmm. Shannon Sharp used to be on Skip Bayless' show yeah. on, on um, Undisputed on FS1, which yeah. is Fox's uh, sport network. Apparently, they said in the last week, Skip Show has only drawn, and I'm saying only, it might be a lot to some people, but 150,000 people watching concurrently. Hmm. And I looked at that, and I thought, every time I used to think about TV, I'm thinking millions. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. If you think about 150,000 people watching, yeah. I'm pretty sure... Like, if you look at, like, really successful YouTube channels or even media platforms on YouTube, mm -hmm. you're not that far off. Or it, just even the concurrent views, but definitely total views, you probably even surpassed that. Way surpassed that. Yeah, I mean, when I met Skip Bayless, he knew who I was. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah, the, the, those numbers, I mean, this is why. Uh, First thing was at 400,000. <laughs> What's the name? Was that, like, 150? Yeah, I mean, you kind of wonder how the money's made. If that's if that's the case, but I remember, always wonder why they don't get paid more. And, and then when I get hear, paid, yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, I mean, well, clearly like, at a hundred fifty, four hundred thousand. I mean, granted, TV views is probably has a higher advertising rate than YouTube views, but 
yeah, that to me is not a lot, but clearly they found some sort of way to make it financially work for them. Uh, but then again, you had all the mass layoffs that happened in ESPN and so forth. So I think a lot of these people that are getting high salaries, they just saw that it didn't work. The, the, the problem, the, the problem is this, right? So, so for example, um, we had a podcast with Gloria Velez. Uh, we did three episodes with her. And we did uh, Neo, uh, TK Kirkland, and Cisco. Uh, they were filmed in Miami. The Neo interview went, what you would call viral. Like TMZ picked it up. There were some comments he made how he doesn't believe that, you know, 12 year old kids should be able to transition to being trans and, and so forth. The parents should come in and say something and it was controversial. So it was like all these things happen and whatever. So it, it seemed. I think to Gloria that like, oh, these interviews are blowing up and they're doing great. And they're, they're, you know, they're on all these platforms and everything else like that. Going viral doesn't mean profitable all the time. Sometimes it means that, sometimes it doesn't. You know, what I had to explain to her that the three interviews that we filmed uh, for her, after you count the production costs, we took losses on all of those videos, right? And uh, you know, just the other day, she made this video saying that she's leaving the platform and she's done all these videos that have done really well and Vlad like doesn't allow her to bring on the guests that she wants and I'm shady and everything else like that. Really? Yeah, it was, it was really kind of shocking because we have each other's phone numbers and we talk. I'm surprised she didn't talk to me about it. You know, there's nothing shady or anything else like that. Yeah, of course we passed on certain guests because we've been losing money on every platform. So we try to strategically pick the guests that we think will work the best with her being a relatively new interviewer. But people don't understand. They think that if you're on TMZ, you have a profitable <laughs> piece of content when a lot of times you don't. And a lot of times, as you know, you, you know, like, like I think like her, if you looked at, all of her interviews, if you combine all the views of all of her interviews, each each interview hasn't surpassed about 400,000 views, which if you do the math, is not even, you know, maybe a thousand, you know, a couple thousand. Yeah, maybe a most. thousand or two. Yeah, a thousand, two thousand dollars. I mean, we pay more of that to, to her. Like, you know what I'm saying? To her and her and her business partner who helped put, you know, who helped, uh, you know, kind of put the interviews together, not to count you know, then you count the cameraman, you know, the, the camera crew costs because it's a podcast that requires multiple cameras. You know, we have to hire, you know, film in a high-end studio in Miami. And then my overall staff of putting this whole thing together, editing it, you know, titling it, the managers involved and in, in, in everything else like that. We're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars to put this whole thing together. Just because you're in, just because you're on TMZ doesn't mean that it's making money. And a lot of times the clips that go viral will go on someone's TikTok or someone's Twitter account or whatever else, and they'll get a million views there, and we'll only get fifty thousand. Yeah, that yeah. happens a lot. It looks time. good. Yeah, it looks good. But we don't get anything off of that. And sometimes even the thing with TikTok is like, yeah, they've seen it there, or they might see it on Twitter, but there's no. Sometimes they don't know how to navigate to go back to the original content right. to watch the whole because thing. Someone just is re-uploading your shit. Sometimes they'll even cut out your logo. They don't even know where it's coming from. Yeah, they just know. Oh, Neo's talking about trans kids. They don't think, oh, I'm going to go back to Vlad TV's YouTube channel, I'm going to watch the rest of the clips and all that. That doesn't always happen. It does happen sometimes, but it doesn't always happen. So, so people sometimes get it twisted to think like they're farther than where they really are. 
and they they think that they're they're big superstars and they could go anywhere. They're going to get these multi million dollar deals when that's not always the case. But you see what I'm saying? And this is what I've had to deal with. So now I, I got. How this. do you deal with that though? Do you respond publicly? Because I ain't letting nobody talk about me publicly right now. I'm on the. I, ass. I mean. It's one of those things, and me maybe mentioning it might might make it even go bigger. Uh, but if it does get big enough, I may or may not com- comment on it. But it's like it's like people don't understand the business. People don't understand the business, you know. Especially if you haven't been in the business, right? So it just it just is what it is. We're running a business, and we we we've given lots of people opportunities and some people have appreciated those opportunities and have ran with it and have turned it into bigger businesses. Other people feel that we didn't do enough and it was all them and they go off and start their own platforms and the platforms flop. Um, you know, it just is what it is. I've always felt it's better to work with me than to work against me, but people, people get it in their head. And a lot of times people will post a video about how they feel instead of actually contacting the person. Because a lot of the stuff that she said was just simply not true. Like, yeah, you it's, know? it's foul. You know? foul. But, but, but hey, listen, we, we did three episodes. They, you know, they were cool interviews. And, you know, she, she's, she's welcome to take her platform wherever she wants. But that was always the agreement that I had with her. It was like, yo, we, we'll, we'll produce these things and these will be on our platform. But if you... At any point, if you want to go somewhere else, we have no contract with each other. You could you feel free to go anywhere else at any point. But you guys do own the content. That yes, okay. but we paid for the content. Yeah, that makes sense, right? <laughs> we paid for all of it, and we're still in the hole financially. You paid for a host fee. You paid for the cameras. You paid for the editing. Everything. Everything else. Everything. You should own it. Everything. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, you, uh, what do you think about? So, so we talked about Gunner before, but also obviously the news of like six nine. Who did the joint with our Kodak, the million dollars? Yeah. Right. Um, I heard you talk about Gunner being like, you know, six, even more successful. And I'm wondering if that's really the truth. Um, obviously, the song is doing well, but I'm wondering, like, you know, I've talked to a lot of rappers, like, kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. They still, like, are vehemently like, nah, I hate, like, these snitches, this and third. And, and yeah, this is what I've heard from a lot of rappers behind the scenes. You're gonna succeed now because that one song blew up on TikTok, but he's dead in the water. No one will touch him. He can't. He can't go to Atlanta and have like any of the people who are relevant co-sign him or even stand next to him. Yeah. And what happens is, you, you, in music, you just can't be an island. You're gonna dwindle away. That's what I've been hearing. Um, what, what do you think about that? And then also, what did you think about the Kodak move? I thought the Kodak move was a brilliant move. Me and Six Hundred Breezy did an interview six months ago or so where both of us agreed. And these are, you know, two serious hip hop heads who, who know the culture inside and out are putting our heads together and saying what we think is an order for Gunna to come back and do his thing to where he was. Young Thug has to co-sign him. If Young Thug says, hey, I fuck with this dude, what he did, you know, the whole yes ma'am thing has no effect on I me. I told him to do it. <laughs> yeah, I told him to do it. Please support him. That's my artist. That's my little man. That's my slime. That's, That's my, my slime. <laughs> That's my slime. Go forward. Go back to being his fan again. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds really good. Like, I, I, I think that's probably what it's going to take. 
And lo and behold, he came out with a whole album and Fuck You Mean ends up being a hit without Young Thug saying a fucking word, which means that what the tastemakers and what the media people and what the rappers say really doesn't matter. It really comes down to how the fans react to it and how good the music is because a hit song will fix fucking everything. That is true. A hit song will fix everything and 99.9999999% of the fans have never been in prison, don't know what snitching is, have no criminal records. They just like the song. They like to dance to it. They like to sing along. And if they like the music enough, they'll go to the concert. You know, uh, Taylor Swift, you know, is an island, essentially. She doesn't really collaborate oh, yeah. with anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, she has Ice Spice on a song, but that was just some throwaway That was doing shit. Ice Spice a favor. That was doing Ice Spice a really? favor. It wasn't, <laughs> Taylor Swift did not suddenly, you know, Yo, get Taylor more fans. Taylor Swift is so huge. Let me say this. A contractor comes to my house to do some work. Like, he, like I guess when they come to my house, they start seeing, like, plaques and other stuff, and they, they like, okay, oh, you might be doing some of the music. This guy comes to do some shit in my house. Do you know the work probably came to, might be between ten and 15,000. Mm-hmm. He hits me with a message, hits me with a text. He said, listen, hey, I know I hit you with the invoice, and third, listen, I know you're in the music business. If you could get me tickets for my daughters to go to MetLife Stadium to see Taylor Swift, we could deal with a bill like that. That's when I realized, I'm like, <laughs> Taylor Swift ain't, can't be that fucking dope. You're willing to waive this whole shit just yeah. to get tickets to your daughter. And, 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 and I looked at it, no one could get Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah, it's wild, right? No one could get it. And I'm like, holy shit, Taylor Swift is ridiculous. That's, that's hey. unheard of. Who did Michael Jackson work with that, that really, you know, put him over the top that he needed a cosign from or anything else like that? Like, you like to, you know, it's easy to put these types of scenarios together and... Yeah, I mean, lots of people like Boosie are mad at, at Gunna, and, and I'm, I'm sure the little babies of the world probably won't won't rock with him anymore and, <laughs> and so forth. But at the end of the day, if he comes out with a song as good as Fuck You Mean, fuck you mean that, part that, two. that people fuck with, pun intended, uh, you people, think he's luckier he's good? It's got to be both, right? I mean, music is always luck and skill mixed together. There's always There's always a luck element. To a, to a hit song. There's always a luck element. You you know that. People have kind of like started rooting for him in a way where like, you know when Young Thug dropped his album? People start shitting on Young Thug's album and say, hey, <laughs> listen, you're not as good as Gunna. Like I remember watching, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. But 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 this is the globalization of music. This is this is also you're talking about the barrier to entry to listen to a song is essentially zero. <clears throat> Back in the day, you'd have to go to a store and spend $15 plus tax to buy a CD, go home, unpackage it, put it in. You are financially invested with this purchase. You're trying to get your money's worth with this $15, you know, $16.50 CD you just bought. It's a financial investment. And, you know, a lot of fans are young, so they don't have a lot of money. So, so they're trying to get as much out of that music as possible, really get into it, read the liner notes, everything else like that. 2023, you have a Spotify subscription and you can listen to everything for free at the click of a button. You don't pay any more to listen to a Gunner song. It's just part of the catalog that you have access to. So yeah, it shows up and then the algorithms take over. 
you're not planning to listen to a Gunna song, but you just listen to a Young Thug song, and then Gunna is recommended right afterwards, right? Yeah. Right? Chances are, Spotify doesn't say, oh, Gunna and Young Thug are, are beefing right now, so please do not. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't give a shit about that, they nor will know. they ever. So know. you're listening to the new Young Thug album, next thing you know, Fuck You Mean comes on, and you're like, hey, I like this. Yeah, he snitched, but yeah, whatever, fuck it. Now let's listen to the rest of the album. Next thing you know, Gunna's album's doing well. The songs are doing well. You can't you can't sit there and feel that the gatekeepers are really the gatekeepers because they're not. It's interesting to have you say this because I remember years ago when it was asked, "Was you interview six nine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, said I no. Said, I said no. I, I switched Gunna my tune. Hits, you, you did switch. I, I, I switched my tune. Yeah. Um, Gunna hits you up and says, "Yo, Vlad." I need I need that interview to really get me back. In I've, I've asked his lawyer to do the interview. <laughs> me and Gunnar's lawyer, uh, Steve Sada, who's now Trump's lawyer, actually. You know, I've asked a lot of podcasts about me, this. Me, me and him were actually in a lot of, we were talking a lot because he was kept trying to, my client's not a snitch, my client's he's not a snitch. He's trying to change your mind. Well, not change my mind, but he's trying to get me to put stuff out there. Yeah. To, to kind of like chorus yeah. the narrative. I get it. Yeah. If Gunnar asked me for an interview, 100%. 110%. Gunnar, come to Vlad TV. We got you. We'll give you a fair shot. We'll give you a fair shot. We'll, we'll, you, you know, know, I've asked a lot of people, and behind the scenes, especially the ones that I, like, I have, a, I have like two podcasts. I'm thinking, I think you would go there. And it's not mine. It's not yours. And I, I, I think you would go there because, you know, maybe he wants to restore some respect in the streets. And I've asked those people, and they're like, we can't do it. Are you Gillian Wallow? Well, they're one of them. Yeah, that's the same. But yeah, they're one of them. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, nah. They're like, out of respect for Thug, the center. And I was like, damn. And I was just like, I know for me, I wouldn't care. You you clearly not. Well, but Gilly, Gilly and Wallow come from more of a, I mean, wasn't Wallow like in jail for like a long time? Yeah, but, but you, you you have, I, I, like, I don't know if this was your, 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 like, how you were thinking when you even said the six nine stuff. You have been in hip hop, whether people know it or not, for yeah. like, like you have seen the traditions yeah. of this here shit, yeah. right? You've seen what has not been accepted or represented yeah. or even platformed, and shit, like you have to make it. You have to make a decision as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. So, so do they? Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, there's a there's a certain level of what my value system is and so forth, but I, I'm also. I'm not boosy, right? I was never sitting on death row. I didn't come from a certain kind of background. Uh, I was never a street guy. Uh, I'm not Tony Yayo. Tony Yayo's dad was having a heart attack and he didn't want to call 911. What? He doesn't, has never called 911 before and he, there's this aversion to like having anything police related. You know, luckily there's someone else in the house who did it. <laughs> you know? Stop it. it True oof. story. Which Vlad TV interview? I gotta go watch this shit. One of the one of the Tony Ayo interviews. He didn't want to call nine one one. He didn't want to call. I mean, he froze up because he didn't want to call nine one one. He probably would have done it once the shock wore off a little bit, but then his dad could have essentially died. You know, but but that's how serious it is. Ayo does not call the police. You know, <laughs> wasn't he saying? You know, if you get if you get shot and call the cops, you're not like me. You know that that's how Ayo thinks. Ayo will not call the police. If you shoot Ayo, he's not going to call the police. He's not going to do it. Do not do nothing to Yale. Don't okay. leave Yale alone. Because if I see you do it, I'm going to call the police. Right. Me, personally, I would call the police in certain regards. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to call the police. I don't I don't try to weaponize the police. 
You know, if I got a, if I got a problem with you and you say something a little bit reckless, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna call the police and get you arrested just because I don't like you. Like I don't do that type of shit. You know, but if I felt that there was a, a credible threat of some sort, or if like, you know, like you have these conversations with people of like, if you had a, a serial killer living next door to you, if you had Jeffrey Dahmer next living next door to you, would you call the police? Certain people, certain people will say no. And Cam my, say my, he gonna my, move. You know, yeah. I think Cam Cameron said that. he would move, which I think is just dumb. Just dumb. So you know, you're gonna have to cut. Because it, 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 it sounds like, like you're agreeing that Kodak did the right thing by taking a million dollars. Kodak Black, well, number one, you know that he dissed 6 9 on a part of that song. The entire part. He's talking about how lit he is that he has a snitch doing things they wouldn't do. Yeah, he's just like, he's making, he's, I'm so lit, I'm, I got cheese from a rat or something like that. Yeah, then he's like, And they cut that part out, which is why it's a 12, 12 bar verse. Yeah, and then he also, like, Kind of this annual, even though he backed off of it. He says, "How you get your your bitch taken by a snitch?" Which is like that's like it's like a huge thing in the Spanish world. Oh, is it? Oh my God! You know, I've interviewed Anwell, who you know Anwell knows, like you know me and Six Nine used to be. Anwell showed up with like fifty people. Really? Like, yeah. Like, why? Was, I, I'm thinking, you know, obviously me and him didn't have a relationship before. In case anything funny was happening. Yeah. Now, granted, we were just they were production people. And but they were still there just to you know probably also well, send a message. My security today, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. He showed <laughs> up with yeah. like he showed up with like them goons. Yeah, I'm right. like like one of no, those like you. yo, hey, if anybody runs out uh, runs in here, we gonna have to like yeah yeah one of those type things. Right. And um and well hit me because like six nine I was in the Spanish world mm-hmm. half the time I don't even understand what the fuck going on right. but like fans will send me the bilingual fans will send me that post this I post some stuff about him and a girl and Will hits me and like he like he doesn't really say much but he's like hey listen he's like yo yo we did an interview together I treated you well what's going on yeah. and I was like wait am I doing something that's offending you but then I get told that it's like embarrassing cause six nine is parading around with his baby mama what's his baby mama it's his baby mama. Wow. And apparently Six Nine was posting pictures of his kids. From what I'm hearing, by the way, he had a show in, in Puerto Rico. The police told him, don't go. You might get killed. So it's that serious. And I was like, wow, this, this is, this is kind of crazy. But that's what Kodak was talking about. Yeah, that's wild. Look, Kodak, I, I don't know Kodak. I've never had a conversation with him. We've never been in the same room. Uh... Kodak's a very interesting musical you figure. No, I've never talked. Like I said, we've never, we've never had any level of communication at all, period. So I can't say anything about Kodak on a personal level. Let's say you're a manager of an artist. Are you telling your artist to take that money? If I'm managing the artist? You're, you're managing a street rapper. You know everything about like your hip hop. Mm-hmm. You, you know part of this guy's like thing is that he's a street dude, and that guy is a snitch. Are you telling him to take that money? A million dollars is a lot of fucking money. A million dollars for Kodak Black is not a lot of money. How much do you think Kodak makes for a show? Between one hundred fifty and two hundred twenty-five thousand. So between four and five shows, he can make a million dollars. To do four to five, maybe six performances, performing his own music with 
tens of thousands of people cheering for him, making him feel good. And you, you know what I'm saying? With, without, it's not like he has a big production. It's not like he's Taylor Swift and there's like rockets going off. He's showing up with the jewelry and a mic and probably a hype man that helps him out with some of his verses. Yeah, he be dancing half the time. Dancing a little bit. Does a, does a little whatever, 45 hour minute, hour set. And he walks away with $100,000, $200,000. You do that a few times, you've now made that million dollars. If you could do that, I don't think that a million dollars is something you should do that goes against your brand. Okay. See what I'm saying? So yes, if I was Kodak Black's manager and that came to my that came on my desk, I would say I don't think it's worth it because I think that what you might lose might be more than what you're gaining at this very moment. Because let's just say five shows get canceled because of that, because the promoters feel some type of way or they feel like you know, whatever, like people start threatening the venue. Yeah, you know, if that guy that's working with the snitch shows up here, we're going to shoot out the club or whatever else. You've now lost five shows. You've now broken even. You see what I'm saying? That's what I would say. That's what I would say. I agree, I, I agree with you. I, I will say, though. But, but, but what I, from my point of view, from what I'm seeing, it seems like Kodak is making his own decisions when it comes to that. Yeah, no, he has no manager. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he has a real manager. For but, him, but the money also, he's... He's the quintessential and the staple of Florida street rap. Mm -hmm. So as much as that supposedly is an unforgivable act, mm -hmm. Kodak has the leverage that he know he could do it. Not not many other artists can. By the way, that same million dollars was offered to Youngboy. Oh, really? Yeah. He said no. No, he didn't. He said two. <laughs> Oh. They wanted two million dollars and six times label. I, I know all this stuff intricately. Wow! So Youngboy got offered two million. Well, no, he no, wa Youngboy wanted. Yeah, he countered. Yeah, yeah. with two so million. The, the, and they if said if no. he had said yes to the million, like by the way, like six times telling me like yo call. I, I, I remember being in the middle of this thing because I'm calling <laughs> Youngboy like yo, wild, bro, are you gonna do the verse like because now I was talking to Youngboy a little bit more frequently, and, and, and every time six times like yo hit him to see if he did the verse. I'm like. My relationship has nothing to do with your relationship with him or your business with him, but I get and he's like, yo, this could change my career. Like this could make stuff blah blah. And, and I'm young boy's him, a big deal. Yeah. And I'm hitting him, and, and young boy's kind of saying, nah, I'm gonna eventually do it, but whatever, whatever. I get to find the business part. They offer a mill, which like if me and you're doing a negotiation, and you offer a mill. I'm thinking, what the fuck? I can get more. So they said two, but like. The label was just like, yo, we can't green like $2 million. If they started at like, because there was a time a young boy's team posted, it's like 300000 for a verse. Yeah. They should have countered like, no, they should have offered, started off like 600000 Well. They offered they offered the top limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but 300000 for a verse for, you know, some kind of regular type rapper, like, it wouldn't apply to Takashi regardless. Yeah, but you don't like, offer like you're, the you're, you're having to go, you, you know, you're, like you're dealing with someone with way more baggage than any other rapper that would come with that 300000 That's why you offer six hundred. But they offered, like, the max they were willing to spend. They countered with two, and they couldn't deal with the two. Yeah. And also, like, they went back and forth. The, the thing was supposedly said that they felt that even if they did agree to the two, it would come back even more. But like, okay, yo, young boy is going to cut it tonight. But it's three. And, and like, yo, could you imagine a rapper's record label getting taxed out? Yo, $3 million is sometimes people's whole marketing budget. Sometimes people's whole production budget yeah. for a fucking feature. Yeah. 
Hey, look, what did Takashi ultimately benefit from that Kodak Black feature? I feel like nothing happened. I, feel like I think song, nothing. I think, I think that's think why that I song, it in that song went nowhere. Uh, I feel like he threw out a million dollars essentially in the garbage. Uh, I mean, people like us are talking about it, so he's getting promotion that way. But in terms of uh, actual, it, it didn't turn into a hit song, right? Yeah, at all, at all. So Kodak was the one that really benefited from it more than anyone else. And, I agree with that. And that's that's pretty much the end of the situation. And yeah, the boosies of the world are going to say something. And maybe some of the hardcore people that were going to work with Kodak may have backed up off of it because of that, but I don't really think so. Ooh, you know, I, mean, I had 1090 Jake on my show, and you know, we went through this huge list of rappers. How was that? It was interesting, man. It was interesting. He was a cool dude. I mean, he. I uh, wish I could get him to sit down with some of the people who he's dropped paperwork up, but, but it would be like, it would be hell. It would be, it'd it'd be, be chaos. Be, yeah, I would. Right. Yeah, yeah. It'd be chaos. But we talked about the people, and he was saying, like, the people who he is. Now, this is not anything I'm co-signing because I haven't seen any of the paperwork. I haven't gone through the, the steps that he went through and everything else of like that. But he's like, I got Finesse Two Times paperwork. I got Real Boston Richie's paperwork and video, uh, you know, surveillance. He wore Boston Richie's shirt. Yeah, he wore, wore Boston Richie's shirt. I didn't did, know did that. Did you mention it? Or you, I didn't realize until the end. But I, I said, what's the shirt of it? He was like, oh, this is, oh, you know, shit. fuck your favorite rapper. He mentioned at the end of the interview. But like, and he's like, yo, not only did I get the paperwork and I got the, the video footage or whatever else, I would even do videos and I would say, if you want to verify this yourself, here are the steps that you oh, would yeah, take yeah, to do this. Do Go to this website, type this in, and see for yourself, right? This, type, this is the steps that he would go through to try to show the legitimacy of what he finds. And last I checked, Boston Richie's doing well. Isn't he like in a Maybach truck or some shit? Or, yeah, uh, or he could still be doing. Hey, you, you know, know what I've told tonight, Jake? Finesse two times seems like he's doing fine. Yeah, he's got four girlfriends. He's got four girlfriends, right? So, so it's like, and we even talked about. This. I said, do snitching? Does snitching really affect rappers' career in 2023? And he said, I don't think so. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so either. I just don't think it does. I agree too. Yeah, as long as it's not too egregious. Like if there's a little grayer, people will look past it. You, you, you know what I did t say to boss? Um, not boss, Sergeant, I mean, um, Tenayi Jake. I remember when I was doing the Warren Chirac as I was coming up my content, like you know, like, like climbing up to eventually become me, me now. I was doing the Warren Chirac. Mm -hmm. That was like probably the time. This is why when rappers started me up, I'm just laughing at them, like. That time, I was like, yo, I feel like I could have legitimately been hurt. I think where Tenai Jake is at right now, he's at that point. I've, I've said what he's doing is almost like the new Warren Shot, right? He's like, I'm telling you, if these rappers who he's talking about ever uh, seen him. Well. What? If okay, well, okay, well, hold on. Yo, hold you got to realize, uh, when he says that, he's making these artists radioactive that, like, it, well, I mean, it, this well, was I mean, but Boston Richie got dropped from uh, the Future Tour right after the, the allegations came out, right? Future hasn't really been seen with him afterwards. Like, any, this is them, right? fucking up a lot of things for people. But didn't he? But he signed a deal with Epic not too long afterwards. Okay, yeah, because they're signing for the record. But now, how much of a shelf life will you have if if your cosign is now invisible? Nope. And now it's time to see how talented you are as an artist and see how making look. I've always said this, music to me is the hardest profession in the world. Yeah. The hardest profession. Like, 
if I sit down with Drake, I know that tens of millions of people will watch it. There's no doubt. There's no way that I'm going to sit down with Drake and a thousand people watch the interview, right? But Drake could do a song with an artist that could end up flopping. You know, granted, he hasn't had a lot of those <laughs> because he's Drake. He got the but, but there was lots of songs with like little baby features, you know, that are produced by the hot producer at the time, whether it's Metro Boomin or, or, or whoever else. Uh, it's always a roll of a die. It's, it's always like you could put together the right producer, the right feature, you know, the, the right cosign, the right everything, and the song will flop. And I guess flopping also relatively means like, okay, you got Drake, but you spent $2 million to get him. And you're, you got you to gotta turn $2 million to make a profit. And the song, yeah, maybe it did some decent streams, but it never recoups. But it never recoups. It never recoups. You know, like, like the, the Gloria Velez podcast. They looked really good on paper. They didn't recoup. You know, you, you think that they're blowing up, but they just didn't recoup. And at the end of the day, it's it's a business. So so you Wait, you go into Valez like like Joe Bun's ex. I know you're mad. About I, I, I think they uh, I think they they used to date back in the day. Yeah, you know Joe probably think you're being petty. I'm being petty. You got you got my ex doing interviews. It's so far removed. I honestly didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. I don't I don't get a Joe like that, man. I mean I mean in the past when we would go at it. You know, I remember I saw some video about like how Vlad tried to ruin Joe Bun's career and failed. It was like, some, you know, people make what these little mini, I don't know, these people make these mini documentaries about me and oh, about yeah, you yeah, and okay, about whatever yeah. else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and now they'll do it about some old ass shit and just like re yeah, right. recreate the narrative. Okay. Yeah, the, that type of shit. Uh, me, me and Joe are not, Last I checked, I mean, in fact, he was was talking about the Neo interview on a show. Like, like someone sent me a clip of him discussing it. I don't know if he realized there's a Vlad TV logo on it or not, or maybe he just didn't give a shit. But yeah, I'm not sitting there trying to. I've I've create, heard him say like he respects the content. He just doesn't like you. Yeah, well, which I don't think you care if he likes you personally. But me, but, me, but definitely, yeah, me, me and Joe don't like each other, and that's, he, that's fine. Life goes on. Like he, he, every, your content everyone, is unavoidable, though, because it does make news. Yeah, and you know, and he does well in his space as well. You know, I, I'm honestly like, regardless of of our past differences, I'm happy when people in my space do well and raise the bar. You know, I'm happy. You know, like uh, I've always been cool with Queens Flip. You know, we're not like. Friends, friends, but me and him have you know stayed in contact sometimes, and we've talked. And I'm happy that he's on Joe's show and he's doing yeah. well on there. You know, I'm not, I'm not a hater, man. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I met him up there. Yeah, and I'm, the first time I've met. Yeah, him. man, cool dude. And it seems like he's a nice addition to the show, man. Like shout out to Joe Bun, shout out to his whole staff, uh, shout out to the production, and everything else like that. I, I feel like when we, when we all do better and we all get along with each other, we get to you know, trade resources and we get to pick each other's brains and we get to help each other out. Uh, you know, sitting with math is always fun. Math Hoffa, because, you know, he, he referred to me as a mentor, you know, when we first started the interview last night. And it's like, yo, like, I consider him kind of like, like my little man in a way. You know, he's bigger than me physically, but like he's younger than me. <clears throat> and it's like, I've always told him, I'm like, yo, like you're bigger than battle rap, I think. You know, you He's have stock potential. Hater, That's what it is, man. I think, I'm, I'm not, I think people fuck with you. Like, I'm as not a, a peer, like, the, your peers, I've never heard a peer be like, yeah, this nigga's a fucking hater. Huh. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm, I'm not, man. Like, 
And, and uh, I've never seen you you look at someone uh, succeeding, and because even if it was a different time or they're doing different things than you, you're like, fuck what they're doing. I deserve that. And a lot of people have that mentality. Nah, you know what I mean? A lot of people have that nah. me, me, well, me. Well, I think, I think a lot of people feel that way because they're not where they want to be. I'm, I'm, I've surpassed where I want to be. I didn't think I would be here. When, when I look at, especially if I really take a bird's eye view of my life, had my family not moved out of the Ukraine, I'd have a gun in my hand shooting at Russians in the Ukraine right now. Like I, I'm within the draft range of the U, of Ukraine Russia war right now. Like it's wild to me. Instead, I'm a, you know, I walk around and people tell me how much they love my work, and I live in a nice house. You know, I, I could retire now if I wanted to. You know, I, I'm thinking about retirement now. I got a. Are you? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I mean, this is why yeah, I have. Are you? Well, this is why this is why I have other interviewers on on my podcast. I mean, you on my show. Tired. This is why I have the Sean Prezes and the the Cavario. Nah, 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 nah. Well, look, hey, I, hey, this is okay, it's two different uh, things: retirement and taking a lesser role. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's always going to have my name on it. You know, maybe at some point my family will take over the business. Who knows? I, I don't know. I don't it's know. Like, you this shit still, man. I mean, I like oh, you're doing fucking it. fifty. Like, let I'm, me tell you this. Listen, I'm Howard fly, Stern, I'm fly fifty. Yeah, nah, yeah. I, Howard Stern rocking until he's seventy. Like, you right. got at least fifty more years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I probably. I'm not do. saying you got to like. I, because, I probably because, do. I probably do. But you record interviews right now at like a really ridiculous. Like, you, you still have more content than the majority of people yeah. who are even following your mold, right? Yeah. Maybe you scale back on that, but like retirement sounds crazy. You never know. You never know. Maybe you sound like, 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 like the game announcer that you're tired. Then he drops another <laughs> album. Drops another. <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. But, you know, I mean, listen, at one point I might sell the company. Who knows? What? Yeah. Yeah, I've had conversations about it. It's never materialized into anything real, but I've had conversations about it. We have a, we have a big catalog. Who knows? Havoc, you know, who had a podcast on my show, had a sold his catalog, I heard, not too long ago. <laughs> you know? Uh, but my thing this is... This is the first time I've ever heard you say this. Well, I'm 50 now. When you, when you turn 50, how old are you now? Uh, 32. 32. See, I got 18 years on you. Turning 50 is an interesting time because it's like, okay, like I'm not in my 40s anymore. I'm actually 50 and I'm not, I'm a real, like I'm, I'm claiming, you know how some people be lying about their age and, you know, still claiming they're 30. Like, I'm like, I, I, I'm embracing my 50. Like I turned 50. Like well, it's well, a milestone. Are you tired life. of it? Well, certain aspects I am tired of. So, yeah, yeah, man. Like, look, I'm not going to go into specifics because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But, you know, th there are certain interviews that, that I'm very fired up over. Like, I showed you a picture of an, you know, we're not going to say what it is. Yeah, but I showed yeah. you a picture of who I just interviewed. I was excited to do that. Like, I was like, this is one of the most, this is the most powerful person in music, essentially, that I'm about to sit down with face to face. Like, like that to me is exciting. Uh Interviewing uh, Dennis Rodman was was exciting. Dominique Wilkins, exciting. Alan Dershowitz, exciting. Uh, people like that. Uh, Smokey Robinson, exciting. But a lot of times, doing you know, we also have to do a lot of other interviews that that essentially just keeps the the machine going. And since I'm the biggest talent at my company, a lot of times it falls on me to do those interviews. Now I have other interviewers, but when the traffic starts to dip and the content starts to get a little low, I gotta step in and I gotta do what I gotta do. It'd be nice if I didn't always have to do that. It'd be nice if all I had to do was be do like Oprah shit. and just do the shit that I really just absolutely love to do and nothing else.
Mm. But if I just did that, the company would just start to dwindle right now. So you think about the future. You try to plan ahead. At one point, I'm going to be 60. At one point, I'm going to be 70. At one point, I'm going to be 80, you know, God willing. Uh, so I'm, I'm preparing for that. I, throughout the course of my life, I've always planned 10 years ahead. So my 20, you know, my teens was preparing me for my 20s. <clears throat> you know, I knew I would go to, I would try to go to the best college I can do, I can go to and I would try to get a major that would, would make money in something I'm interested in. I went to Berkeley, I went to, you know, I interviewed, you know, I majored in computer science. Okay, cool, now I'm gonna go to the next level of my life. And, you know, that involved me starting my own company. And, you know, then I moved to New York and became a DJ. And I knew that being a DJ in my early 30s was not gonna translate into my 40s and 50s because I was not, um, you know, Tiesto or somebody that was getting 100, 200,000 a show. Uh, I was just doing small club gigs. I was touring around, but it was like, I'm always planning. I was planning for my 40s back then. In my 40s, I was planning for my 50s. Now I'm year one of, of my 50s, and how am I gonna plan, when I hit my 60s, what am I gonna do? Am I, can I do interviews in my 60s? Probably. Can I do interviews in my 70s Jay-Z's and 80s? Rapping, man. Every so often. He's not rapping as a job anymore. His career, Jay-Z, and that's actually a perfect example, Jay-Z's job is no longer being a rapper, right? Jay-Z's income has nothing to do with whether or not he raps. If he drops a whole new album right now and the album goes number one, which it probably will because it's Jay-Z, what do you think that he could buy that he could not buy right now? Nothing. Nothing. And that's... What it comes down to in terms of decision-making process is that like, if I do this, what will change in my lifestyle? Magic Johnson had an interview not too long ago. He said that at the point in the life that he's in, at the point he is in his life right now, the amount of time it takes to do a million-dollar deal is the exact same amount of time that it takes to do a hundred million-dollar deal. So when people approach him with million-dollar deals and he turns them down, that's why because he's trying to focus on $100 million deals because he only has a limited amount of time. You know, he's an older guy now. He understands that. And he's also HIV positive. So that that probably plays a role in his decision-making process. He understands that, hey, let me work on these $100 million deals. Let me buy another sports team. Let me buy a a network. Let me buy this. Let me buy that. Yeah, that million dollars is cool, but I don't need it. So so that's the decisions that I'm trying to make. And... Look, we, we, we only here for a certain amount of time. We don't know when our last day is going to be. Uh, I'm in good shape right now. I, I work out. Uh, you know, I'm slim. Uh, you know, my eating is not the best. I still smoke weed, uh, but I don't, I don't do hard drugs. Uh, I don't drink. Uh, so when I look at my peers, I'm a little bit better, but my dad died at 84 uh, with Parkinson's. And, and, and seeing that process of him slowly getting sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker, and, and I was ultimately the one that had to, you know, do the do not resuscitate order, it, it, it still affects me to this day. And, and I understand, like if my dad died at 84, you know, and I have 34 years left, what am I gonna do with those 34 years? Now, hopefully I could have 68 years, but, but we don't know. We don't know. It's not like I'm gonna have another 200 years. It's not gonna have another thousand years. We're all here for a limited amount of time and, and you want to do, uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that, that you, your most valuable resource is your time. It's something you can never get back. 
and you only have a certain amount of time to it. Like, like I, I was tweeting this morning about like the two most important things in your life is time and your liver. So if you're going to donate, you know, think about like <laughs> the liver come from? in your liver, because there are situations where people donate their liver to somebody, right? Like, like, you know, if you have a family member that has like, you know, a liver failure, you know, and you're, you're a match, you, you might be able to donate your liver to that person to keep them alive. Now, would you donate your liver to someone you didn't like? To someone who doesn't respect you, that you don't respect, that, that you don't feel is a good person? Probably not. So why would you give your time to a person who you don't respect, who they don't respect you, that you don't enjoy the time with them and stuff like that? So it's time, man. It's, it's a limited, limited resource. Mm. Man, jeez. Uh, listen, um, first of all, uh, Vlad shocked me even talking about retirement because I think really he's in his prime. And Thank um, you. that actually means a lot. You say yeah, that. Nah, I, 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 yeah. I, I think I think you're doing outstanding things. Um, you know, obviously as a creator, I think you're uh, definitely amazing. But I also look to you in business as well, and. I think that's just the next, like, um, the next frontier. If if I'm to look at you, in is how to build a company, how to scale this, how to do other things that we haven't seen done, especially for newer media, newer independent media. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I look for. And of course, like we all can't, like you know, like be on the mic all the time or, or do interviews all the time. And of course, you know, there's going to be new faces, new personalities, new voices, yeah. but, but, you know, we all got to readjust as, you know, as normal as, as it is. But man, I think you're in prime zone. I'm telling you. Yeah. You think? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll rethink it then. No, I'm telling you, maybe if, I'll if, 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 if I start hearing like just some, <laughs> if, if you start being on 20% of interviews, like anytime soon, I'll be upset. Well, listen, I mean, I, I still love it. And Good. That, that, that's all we need to hear. I, I still love it. And, when I feel like I sit down with someone who's just, who I'm just a fan of, like fuck the business, fuck the money, fuck the views, fuck social media. How many interviews have you done? Thousands. Jeez, like over because, well, under well, like well, two gotta, or three thousand. There's twenty eight thousand clips on the site, but obviously. You gotta divide that by the average number of clips per interview, so you could you might be able to. If it's, let's just say there's ten clips on average, so maybe that's twenty eight hundred, maybe half that fourteen hundred. I don't know. You know, what I mean, I, I I would have to. It'd be a hard thing to try to count. I could do it probably, you know, with the help of my programmer. But yeah, uh, I've done thousands, man. And but you gotta think, I was I was doing interviews during the DVD era, before there was YouTube. Right, yeah. like like the DVDs we put out. I was interviewing a little flip and Paul Wall and Mike Jones and people like that. Uh, you know, but I mean, sitting down with like Smokey Robinson is just like, damn! Like this guy's got like ten Grammys and he's considered one of the greatest songwriters ever. The architects of the Motown sound and timeless music is just like yo like I'm sitting down and I get to ask this person anything and they'll answer you know what I'm saying like like who how many fans get to do that like you gotta people, get that new Jamie Foxx interview man that's what you gotta get Jamie Foxx yeah man yeah we'll see we were I supposed to do Jamie. one a long time ago I've been to his house really like yeah 
cool guy. I hope I hope he's fully fully recovered from yeah. whatever he went through. Uh, but yeah, man, like like really like I mean, think about you know all the you know talking about the Taylor Swift. You know your your contractor was gonna waive his fee for a Taylor Swift show with his kids. I mean, think about one of his kids sitting down with Taylor and asking them whatever they want. You know, this is why I like that little girl Jazzy. You know, she's, oh, yeah. she's, she's like, she's doing it. She, she's doing it, man. And, and, and another person who I reached out to, I DM'd her. Really? I said, Hey, you know, um, congratulations on what you're doing. If, if your parents ever want to talk to me, you know, about the business or anything else like that, feel free that they hit me back. You know, I'm like, this is your parents, right? They're like, yeah, yeah this is our father. Okay, cool. Okay. Like, I don't want to be talking to a little girl right yeah, now. Yeah. Okay, this is the father. We got on the phone when we talked. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, but, but this is my personality, right? Yeah, is, my personality is. Is. is to see the next generation and try to, to help and try to see what they're doing. And maybe I'll learn a few things along the way. And maybe there's some things they could help me with. And there's some things I could help them with. And, and we'll all do better together because... You know, you look at, for example, uh, was it Off the Porch? Yeah. Off the Porch. Like that dude, I didn't even know who he was. I didn't realize he even had an interview platform. But I remember this dude was to constantly like talk shit about me on Twitter really? to the point. And then he would like be using my clips to talk shit about. He like repost my clip and then talk a bunch of shit about me in the caption to the point where I've had to get a couple of his clips taken down. And he's had his accounts, I think, like removed yeah. over there oh yeah that got my account taken down but it's like and then i find out way after that this guy actually has he does what i do he interviews rappers i didn't even know that at the time i thought it was just a random hater and and it's like and i look at this going like this is so odd because he would benefit being cool with me as opposed to the stance because i don't want to work with him at this point Vlad, let me tell you this. What I've realized is that there's certain people when trying to, they, they look at it like how many people look at it, either the rap game. Like it's almost like we're all gladiators. And if I'm kind of in Vlad's lane, I need to, the best way if it, is to be against him. If, he look, if it looks like I'm into it with him, it looks like I'm equal to him. Mm. And, and that's happened to me too. The only thing that's ever cures that, because you're always going to be confused where it's coming from, and I don't even want to name certain names who I used to get into it with, but once they found their, their own success, they started being very complimentary because mm. they started going through everything I started going through. They started seeing people trying to do that to them. Mm. And, you know, luckily it's never gotten too far where I'm like, yo, fuck you, I'm still not going to uh, um, whatever, whatever. But I, I kid you not, say Jesus was like that with me. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I, like there's a point that, like, Sean Kyle used to be like, yo, I'm your favorite bloggers, blogger, or whatever. And I remember I was like, why does this guy shoot at me? I'm like, like, and, and maybe he had his little reasons why, but, but I felt like it was unnecessary. And I kid you not, once he started blowing up, and, and I don't take no, like, you know, he, he did his thing. When he started blowing up, I seen what used to be him shooting at me turn to, nah, I is dope, man. And I said, oh, okay, like, okay, you found your success, and I'm glad you did. Yeah. And and now, shit, I can't wait till I do a podcast with him. I like, you know, I, I support him, and I yeah. and I respect I, him. I've had him on my show, I think, twice. You know, and and the thing is, is like, it's it's cool for us to always, you know. I remember you said something how you try to, you don't report negatively on other media outlets. Oh yeah, I don't do that. I, I think I think that's actually a good idea because we should be able to 
work with each other when it comes to correcting certain things. Cause, cause yeah. I, I remember Sean Cotton had put up this whole thing. I think about BTV Savage's mom saying that I cut out all this footage of him being apologizing and I purposely did all this stuff and, and everything. And I'm like, I hit him up and I'm like, Sean, it's, it's not true. I didn't cut out anything. You know what I mean? If I did, I would, I would admit to it, but you know. And, and also, you yeah. know, why I don't do it because you know, Again, I'm not going to war. I, I don't want to go to war with other media platforms. And and also, here's the thing. When you're in the media, you realize how powerful the media is. Mm. You realize how powerful it is to spin a narrative. And I know some people might not be in the media, be like, oh, well, so you're, so you're giving your friends a pass. That's not necessarily what it is. You do have to extend grace among your peers. Yeah. Because what could be, what if, if, if like, for example, say Cardi B, which she's done many, many times, she spazzes on the shade room. Not posting that. Not posting that. That's an issue between her and them that I hope. And by the way, if, anytime I've ever talked to Cardi B, I tell I say, yo, you should work it out with them. Mm. I'm because sometimes other media entities will. Hey, if I if I make it big that Vlad reported something um, falls or he got something wrong, y'all gonna come to me. That's not gonna be the case. That person is then going to say, you know what? I got it up for Vlad. So now when Vlad fucks up or vice versa, then it becomes almost like a war of like spinning. Like, I, I, I think that's bad. Like, it, I would only communicate or even deal with people who I think have, you know, at least pure intentions. Like, sometimes you or I might get something wrong about an artist. But if, if, if you know we got it wrong, you should, you should correct it. You should correct it. It ain't my job to, to slam you. It's not my job to slam you. Yeah. And actually, if you keep reporting things wrong, I know the, the audience is going to see it and they're going to leave. Yeah. I don't have to slam you on it. So I don't I don't particularly do it. You know, even like even things I think could even be fun. Like, you know, like, for example, Sean Cotton. Right. He, he got in the boxing ring and like he lost. Oh, he lost. Yeah. And, and you know. Even just that hint of like him, like, I don't know if he feels embarrassed, even though, like he spoke about it, like he got paid the center. I don't like I'm not clowning you like this is not what my platform is. I don't want to weaponize my platform against you. You get what I mean? And, you know, it, it's it's if I ever do post someone slamming one of my peers, I hope I'm doing it in a way that is super transparent when I'm not. It doesn't look like I'm because that's what happens in media. And I hate when people do this. You don't like a motherfucker, but you're too bitch made to say it. So you wait till somebody else does it. And all you do is hyping it up. Yeah, repost her stuff. Oh, I told you Vlad was a piece of shit. Look at this. Yeah. Well, you don't like Vlad. So yeah. so you're you're now right. looking out for stories that Vlad is a piece of shit and you're gonna put fuel behind it, but if he does anything positive, if he does anything great, you're never gonna like yeah. you should put your name to say, I don't like him. Don't use another person because we're media. Because yeah. we could use other people as uh, as mouthpiece. So yeah. I try to stay clear of that if I ever if I ever had a problem with somebody in the media, I'll say it. Like for example, like Rory and Mealy Ball. I don't like them. I you, I don't need nobody else to say nothing about them. I don't like them. Cool. But I w I would never use. Oh, okay. Someone else doesn't like Vlad. Let me keep posting that y'all can know that Vlad's a piece of shit. Yeah. And I'm like subliminally feeding to my audience, hoping they start. Nah, that's whack to me. Yeah, man. Listen. Yeah, Rory. Rory doesn't like me either. I don't think Miles ever said anything about me. But my thing with Rory was that he was writing, he was talking shit about me because he was on working under Joe. 
Joe doesn't like me, so he adopted what Joe was doing, but then Joe, him and Joe hate each other now. So now you're holding on to a piece of hate for someone on behalf of someone that you don't like yourself. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, to me, it never that made becomes much sense. Weird. When you start yeah. beefing over, uh, over, over yeah. your employee, Cause, cause your and then you don't work there no more. You don't work there no more. And it was just like, I, I think like, I think he went on, uh, I think it was no jumper. You know, I mean, Adam's my man. So Adam's yeah. going to speak on my behalf. And he was like, oh yeah, and Vlad, uh, you know, I, I don't ever want to do a Vlad interview. So I don't understand why I should be cool with Vlad. And it's like, it's not about doing an interview. Like who gives a shit about interviews? We, you know, I can get, whoever I want to do an interview. It's just the fact that you're new at this game. You have, you, you, you have, told the truth. You, you, you might need a job from Vlad one day, okay? I, I, don't, I don't know. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But, but my, my, my same thing, thing with Rosenberg. So I got to tell these guys the truth. <laughs> hey, listen, man. You might need a job. You might need a job one day, yeah. okay? And We're just hiring. like you're, you're don't not... Don't be mad. <laughs> Vlad TV is hiring. Should have been a cop. Fuck hip hop. That freestyle Ivani gets shot. Oh, man, Vlad, not, listen. Not from Houston, but I rap a lot. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but I'm just saying, my whole thing is like, yeah, like like the Rory's of the world, they can't be like, hey, um, you know, I'm trying to get my YouTube channel popping. Do you have any suggestions on what to do? Like, I am the, the person who's had more YouTube experience than anybody. Factuals. Than anybody, period, in the hip-hop space. It's been 15 years. I was one of the original ones out there. But since we don't talk... And whatever talk has been said has always been negative. We can't have that conversation. So you're on your own. Now you may be, I don't give a shit what you got to say. I got other people. Well, but you don't have certain resources. Then there's people that I'm cool with who are in my circle that, you know, it just sort of, it starts to expand. And to me, I just feel like stuff like that is dumb because it's not like me and Joe have a beef because of specific reasons. There's actual reasons why me and Joe have problems. And for us to ever, because I mean, I think he said on your show that he's willing to do an interview with me or something like that on your platform. Yeah. And I think I remember uh, Queen Slip called me one day because they were talking about me on the on the Joe Bun show and like they wanted me to call in or something. I'm like, I ain't doing that shit. Like for me and Joe to be cool on any level, me and Joe are going to have to have a serious conversation and we're going to have to talk about whatever, all the issues that, have go, that go back 15 years. And there has to be some sort of, um, mutual respect and there has to be some, both of us are going to have to take responsibility for the mistakes that we've made. I've made some and he's made some, but that's a real thing. Me and Rory don't got no real problems. Me and the off the porch dude don't have any real problems. Like it doesn't go back that deep. It's really just like people just feel like, well, you know, fuck him and, you know, I, I don't need him. I'm doing great on hey. my own. But you could be doing better because uh, I, I truly, uh, I just want to say this. I truly appreciate my relationship with you, mm -hmm. Adam, Sean Cotton, Charlemagne, um, you know, and, and uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some people, so I apologize. Matt Hoffa, you know, Tackstone when he was out, you know, people like that. I'm doing something with DJ Envy tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Doing a whole car feature with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, th these are all people that... We've had good mutual relationships. Like, you know, like, Math does my show, I do his show the next night. I'm doing hey. your show this time, next time I'm in New York, you'll do yeah. my show. Like, like, we're all winning together by working together. Also, people don't realize, let me tell you, like, especially navigating this independent media space, like, for example, like, me and you, like, we were talking out there, um, I didn't know you didn't know this, but but now you know I have an Instagram plug, right? Yeah. So, like, sh shit, if you, need, if you need that now, I'm, like... 
who, my who, man. Does, who doesn't want an Instagram? Right. right? I, I'll like, gladly you know like yo if if you have a problem like look, yeah. okay, yo take care of my man Vlad. That's my guy. You you've also put me onto many different things. We don't even have to name them. Yeah. Shit, even Adam too. This is why I even told people I said, listen, yo, you know, like like there was a moment in time me and Adam went back and forth, but like we've gained more by having mutual respect and also yeah. communicating because he's put me on mad shit. Us yeah, on mad yeah, shit. We listen, all know. Boosie, so, Boosie used my security when he was in LA last time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we're all sharing. I, I, I hooked you up with some of my security. Yeah, 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 of out course. Here. Of you course. know what I'm saying? Like, like we're all we're all trying to win and we're all you know, we all have resources that can be shared. You know, it ain't like, oh no, I'm the only person that, that needs to have this. And, and if they have it, like, like, like you, you using something that I'm, you know, you getting in contact with a person that I know, you know, is going because I know the type of person that you are. You're not gonna end up burning that relationship and then making me look bad. Like, yo, why'd you introduce me to academics? This motherfucker just cussed me out on Instagram. Like, <laughs> I, you know, that's what happened with Dame Dash. For real? I introduced him to Complex, oh, to shit. Rich Antonello. Really? Only for him to talk shit about Complex and Rich Antonello. And this is the person who I made most of my money with. And I'm looking, and you know, luckily this didn't ruin our relationship, but I'm sure to a certain degree, you know, he's probably like, yo, you brought this motherfucker around and now he's Wait, are, calling are me a culture vulture. Cool at all? Not, a, not in the least. Damn. Not in the fucking least. <laughs> And he, he says fuck Vlad in his interviews, and I say fuck Dame of mine, and life goes on. It is what it is. But what I'm saying is, is like there's certain people that you can introduce to and bring around and everything else like that. And there's certain people that you need to just keep your distance with. Yeah, you learn over time. You learn over time. You learn over time, man. Listen, man, yo, uh, Vlad, thank you once again. Um, another phenomenal interview. Thank you. I love when we go back and forth. Yeah. Um, the beautiful thing about I think all these conversations, a lot of times, and even a lot of topics, like th this isn't where we just are both like, oh, we agree. we we kind of disagree on a good amount. Um, it's very respectful. Yeah. Um, I think we trade ideas, and I think we do it in a logical way, but it's always interesting. Yeah. And I think the audience loves this, man. I, I, I think when, and also we have two different dynamics too, which I think is great. I think when you come on here, we have a dynamic, and I think when I'm on your platform, we have a different dynamic. It's a different so dynamic. It's, it's yeah, I, I think a lot of times, like, people feel when it comes to these podcasts, these interviews, and everything else like that, they feel it's like there's, it's that one person. It's the person being interviewed that's the, the success. Or if it's, a, if, it's like a pod, if it's like a group of people in a podcast, it's like one person that's the key to it. And a lot of times it's the combination. It's the opposing viewpoints. Like Skip Bayless is Skip Bayless for a reason because he likes to do the opposing view. view you know did, what I mean? Didn't I say that point on, on the last minute? You did. You did. Listen, listen, I keep telling people, listen, if it... The rawest content you're gonna have to appreciate Skip Bales because let me tell you this: the the guy who's willing to be unliked, but yeah. he's willing to he's everything like even with me and Joe, it's you're throwing up the ball for somebody else to dunk. Yeah, and again, if that's just not happening, yeah, it might be a great conversation. But if yeah. you're both agreeing on both points, sometimes somebody gotta be the bad guy. That's why I do like Skip for. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we I remember. Uh, we, we tried a podcast with Ari Spears and I, I forgot the guy he brought in, but it was like one of his comedy partners and it was like the two of them just agreed on everything. Yeah. They just didn't make for a very interesting podcast and it lasted one episode. You, you have to have the, a view, you know, the opposing viewpoint and I don't mind being the villain sometimes. 
I'm, I don't. I'm sometimes fine. you are because I see the comments. They're like, Vlad, I don't know what the fuck you talking about. That's which, right. which, 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 that's part of it. I, I'm fine. I'm fine being the villain. I'm over fine. time. I think what you've done, which is amazing, like not only like first of all, your voice is just a staple in all your content, but you've 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 been more transparent with your stance and been more. Hey, listen, we are talking. I am asking you questions, but I do feel this way. Yeah, and and I think now because. That is like ever present in most of the stuff. They identify with you a little bit more, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm okay with the unpopular opinion, man. If I truly feel that way, I'm not just gonna say it just to say it. But I'm okay with, you know, criticizing Nas's beat picking. You know, I, I feel like he doesn't pick the best beats. And I'm, I see I'm okay. you switch on opinions too. Like, you yeah. know, I, I, after more information it, it, it came evolves. out, or you felt differently. It, it, it evolves. You know, I'm, I'm okay with my stance on Tory Lanez, uh, which most of male hip hop is against me when it comes to this. And I all think the, only you and Adam is the only people who I see who's yeah. like, fuck that nigga. You know, but, but, but look, but at the end of the day, people think, oh, that's because Tory sent you an angry DM that one time. It wasn't about that. Yeah, he did. Oh, man. Yeah, Tory. he did. Well, because when I first started saying, I'm like, yo, from what I understand, Tory's going to go to jail. And he's like, yo, what do you know? That's what he said? And I'm like, don't worry about what I know. He's like, hey, you a cop, you know? He said that in the DMs? In the DM. I'm just like, all right. Well, I, I, I'm gonna go by what they said in court when they brought up his 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 um, Instagram message saying yeah. Kelsey didn't do it. Yeah. This might be his team. It might be. It might be. And his lawyers <laughs> brought that up. But 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 my whole thing is is that let's just say that Tory actually does say his side of the story at one point because it's really hard to support somebody who's not saying what really happened, right? Okay. Am I right? That makes sense who refuses to take the stand, who just said, I didn't do it, and j just believe me. You know, because I remember like, like, like Tory was... I mean, when he was here and I did an interview with him, he said, and I knew certain questions he wasn't going to answer directly, he said, there's going to be a time and place where all your questions will be answered. Right, and that was probably, he was based on it being found not guilty. Yeah, I guess so, right? That, that, um, that didn't work out, yeah. unfortunately, for him. But, you know, I mean, the, the, the thing of it is, is that like... If Tory comes in and says, look, this is what really happened. The fight, argument, whatever. Yes, I pulled out a gun, but then Kelsey ended up grabbing it for me and we fought over it and then it went off and it was a complete accident and, and whatever, whatever. And this is really what happened. And let me tell you all the details or anything else like that. Once I get that information, I might be like, okay, well, you know something, Tory may, may, it may not be his fault. You know what I'm saying? But you're going off information you know now. And, and off like, of every, off of all the court information, off of everything that I've seen, speaking to Megan, who was, Megan Cuniff, who was actually there and everything else like that, I formed my opinion. And my opinion was the same as the jury's opinion. <laughs> you know, is, is the same as, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that Jay-Z was behind all this and Rock Nation was behind all this. It's all silly. You know, but, but I, like I, I've expanded, you know, Takashi, I said I wouldn't do the interview. Now I'm like, actually, I would do the interview. Because at the end of the day, there's been lots of people that have cooperated, and I've interviewed a lot of people that have cooperated. So, so I think I was somewhat picking on Takashi just because he was more in the hip hop space, and you know the mafia shit was a little more detached from me. We could all expand, man. We could all like like getting new information. You should evolve your opinion. You should evolve your ideas, uh, you know, and sometimes your values do evolve as you get older and you get more information. Shit that you thought when you were 10 is not what you should be thinking when you're 30 or 40. And, and I, I'm hoping for it, but if there's no information out there, I'm gonna go with what my gut tells me.
And a that's lot fair. of times it's, it's the unpopular shit and that's okay. That's okay. I understand there's people that, that I have talked negatively about that people hip hop love. And they're so mad at me that I would even say that. But, you know, I'm also not a super fan. When you're a super fan of somebody. You're not blinded or delusional. You're, you know, when, you're, when your picture or your profile picture is that person, <laughs> I'm not going to convince you that this person has done anything wrong in life. Like, you know, I don't personally understand why Nikki would marry, you know, a registered uh, sex offender. Oh, them barbers on your ass. Then. You know what I'm saying? I just don't get it. As someone who is so talented, so successful, essentially, it'd be hard to argue that this is not the greatest female rapper of all time. No, she is. Nikki like gangbangers, though. You could like what you like. Well, well, well if, if, your, if your type is gangbangers, your, your type is probably not the most upstanding, like, guys, which means if you're probably cool with maybe some of the... Safari, the, the, the Safari, Safari wasn't a gangbanger. She ain't like it. She ain't like that nigga. Bro, let me she tell you. She was beating that nigga with a purse. You, you ain't hear the audio? Bro, I heard I heard a story. She was beating that nigga with a Chanel purse. I heard a story that she was on a radio show with Safari. And they asked her if she was single. And she's like, yep, I'm single. And Safari was like, huh? What? And she just screamed at her, like, shut the fuck up. You don't talk unless you're spoken to. Don't ever, don't ever question what I'm doing, my job. I just, just violated him in front of everybody. That's what I heard. That's what I heard from someone who was there. You know what I'm saying? And like, like to me, like, yeah, that it, it doesn't make sense why someone of the level that she is would have to, would get married to someone with such extreme baggage. As a, as a registered sex offender. Me, personally, if you're a registered sex offender, I don't want to be around you. That's, I don't want to be around you. That's got leaked that, that time. Because if you look up his registration, it's always going to be her address. It's, it's kind of like... I, if, you're a regi- if you're my man... I've seen her defend it, though. I've seen her defend and say she believes that he got a bad rap and the whole case was fucked up and that they took advantage of him and actually looked like they were working against, by the way, the woman involved allegedly, uh, you know, there's assuming, been very important, but right? apparently they have said that there's been a little bit of harassment. It's, it's one of those things where, hey, listen, I mean. Well, who knows? Like, they said Taylor Swift was with a fucking, like, flaming racist. She broke up with him, though. Like, she broke up with him. Taylor Swift knows what's up. And that's what Taylor I'm saying. Like, <coughs> that's what I'm saying. I understand. I got to do these stadiums. Fuck you. I'm out of here. I understand you like who you like, and, you know, but, but you also control who you spend your time with you control it if you don't want to spend time with somebody if you don't want to get in a relationship with someone uh you know like like i, I remember speaking to uh to uh it was a toya right that's uh, yeah. wayne's baby mother and i remember i brought up the whole thing like wayne and the dream have like two baby mothers in common it's like this really like she called it a hot mess you know, and she was just like, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you like who you like, but what the fuck? Like, are y'all competing against each other by having babies with the same women? Like, it's just, it's just weird to us to a certain degree. I've heard about degree. it in years. <laughs> you know, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, hey, like I said, if you're a registered sex offender, you cannot be around me. 
I'm sorry you made that mistake in your life. And maybe it wasn't your fault. And maybe there, I'm sure there's more to so it. So Nikki wants to do an interview with you, but she's bringing her registered sex offender husband. I don't think it would go well. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I think the three of us in a room together probably wouldn't. I'd have to have and Now this guy's mean mugging you <laughs> looking at you like, yo, Vlad. Like. I, I, I think I've probably said a few too many things. It's just like I can't go to Russia anymore. I mean, like, I ain't gonna lie. Nikki did tell me she DM me one time. She was like, "Yo, what's your address? I'm gonna have my, I'm gonna have my. You don't have to deal with Big Zoop, Travis, like, Travis Rudolph, shit, oh, right? Shit, I was I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have my damn, brother come like, shoot up your place. Yeah, it's like one of those type shit. That, I'm that, like, that, that, that. and I ain't gonna lie, I had to screenshot it. And, and buddy, you know what's so funny? This is the thing about fans. Obviously, because you know me, I'm like, you're not gonna DM me this shit. I'm not gonna put it out. After she realized I'm not putting it out to the public, she unsent it. You yeah. know what her fans said? You made that up. You made that up, yeah. Like, they literally believe that. Of course. They because that doesn't even sound like the tone they know her for. Yeah. Like, they literally, like, to this day, they believe. I made that up. And I was like, wow, the power of fandom. To everyone who's listening to this right now, you got to understand that all of this like every form of entertainment is all about image and illusion and everything else like that. <clears throat> when, <clears throat> you know, when, when, when people go, like especially women, if you notice when they make videos, there's all types of insane filters that are happening. I've, I've not seen Nikki go online and you actually know what she looks like. You know I mean? You see it in the extreme with that um, pinky doll girl. Oh yeah, she's, she's, I mean, she's doing videos and she's my color. And wow. then she shows up at an award show and she's darker than you. I thought she was mixed. I thought she was mixed. Only reason why I thought she was black is that that hair hat on her head, I could see from a mile away. I could see a fucked up lace front from a mile away. I said, that shit is not sewn in good to the scalp. She is, she like, I, I, I'm black. I'm sorry. I, I know them things. So, so I said, she, I think she mixed though. Once I see, I'm going to be honest with you. At the streamies, I would have never noticed her. But like, but 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 I guess she was acting the same. She's like, eh, like doing that little NPC thing. I get guess that's like the identifying thing. Yeah. But she looks completely like if you showed up and you were a whole different complexion. Like, Imagine if I showed up and I was your color. <laughs> that would be wild. I'm like Tropic Thunder, Yo, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Yo, to this day, I don't know how she does that though. Yeah. B because like. It's not like she it like she's doing different filters. She's been one color yes. till she was seen on TV. Until it was live. Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? Yo, I, it's, it's insane. Yo, Vlad. I it's know, insane. I know yo. some of the levels of like manipulation that I just won't I I can't even say. I'm gonna tell you why I can't even say. Because some of my friends have done videos with these people, and I know I know a few people. They're female artists. Mm -hmm. Done videos with people. The video cannot come out before their team takes it. Every frame that they're in gets edited. What you're seeing of them dancing, moving around, all edited. Yeah. What's the raw footage? Like, it's not even a filter. Everything edited from every curve, every... Everything yeah. edited frame by fucking frame. Yeah, it's wild. What I, one invoice, $70,000 on just 
editing post editing yeah. for looks. Yeah. Yeah, Think I remember uh man, I remember I was at some record label. And that was not Nikki. It's not Nikki. Don't Nikki. kill me. Yeah. Don't kill me. <laughs> no, I remember I was at a label back in during my DJ days and they had a song with Missy Elliott and Missy would only do the music video if they spent like a million dollars in special effects to make her look skinnier. And they just didn't have the budget for it. So the song never came out. But it's that type of shit. Of course. You know what I mean? You guys spent a million dollars to turn you into a different human being. And the pinky doll shit was wild to me because it was like, and, she, and you know, and then when they I know TikTok her, had them filters. I got to get on TikTok. They, when they confronted her with it, she's like, if they could ever change that could definitely, they got me having a six pack on that bitch. Of course. <laughs> six pack, you know, uh, yeah, you know, huge muscles, Not the whole nine, man. you know, make you 18 years old again, like. <laughs> That's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I, it's, it's wild to me, man. Like, like that right there was just like, I guess she never planned to be, you would think that at the point that she started to get a little popular, she would start to slowly remove that filter and kind of slowly no, get to you, her real color to the point where she does show up. Like, at a public event, people aren't as shocked because they've seen the, the no, it's hard to do, Vlad. I'm going to tell you why. Even now, like, by the way, you know I'm growing my hair. Like, you put a camera on me. I'm growing my hair and shit. The only reason why, even, like, first of all, the reason why I wore a hat in the beginning, back in college, right? Mm -hmm. As a DJ, you know, we used to always rest our fucking um, headphone around yeah. the brim of our hat. Like, right. while we listen, like, sometimes we have one ear in, we listen to the crowd. Yeah. We also talking to other people, blah, blah. I, I, I had a hat in my early pictures, I, it was so few pictures of me that existed that as I start becoming more mm. popular, I actually felt, I swear, I actually felt if I didn't wear a hat, I was unrecognizable. Huh. I promise you. Like, to the point that I would think that me not wearing a hat is me in disguise. Hmm. So I, I I thought it was that. Now, like, I, I just feel like I've just outgrown it. I'm like, yo, listen, I just want to come in a new look and I'm just grow my hair and I'm just have that, like a style, but so I'm you, ditching you, a hat. You growing dreads? Uh, not, not dress. It's gonna Twist. be like 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 Twist. some twists or like some like you know box braids or something like that. Okay. Um, not too long. I, I I hate really long hair is really annoying. I've learned, but just something where you know I don't need the hat and and trying to reinvent my look a little mm -hmm. bit because there's a there's a twenty twenty four version of me that I want to be different from everything else. But that's the only reason I wear a hat. People don't mm. realize. People think that my I didn't have hair. I have hair. It's just that. What I thought you guys latched on to, I never, like, I literally thought if I didn't have my hat on, nobody would know why. So I, maybe that's what she's going through. Like, yo, y'all think I look grayish. <laughs> like, like, right? Y'all think I look grayish. Like, fuck. I can't just, like. Is that grayish? She was kind of like that. I thought she was bleaching a little bit. Like well, I'm from I'm, I'm from Jamaica, so like yeah, they, they do a lot of bleaching out there. What? Look at uh, Vibes Cartel. Yeah, anytime you see somebody Vibes that's looks crazy, anytime you see somebody grayish, that's what's happening. So I thought that's what it was when I seen her show up. By the way, she looks beautiful in person too. Yeah, she's a pretty girl. I I was like, yo, here's the thing. I couldn't knock her though because I'm like, I think I don't know. I don't know if this actually exists. Maybe some people found her more appealing or attractive if she did if she did appear lighter skin, but it worked. So I can't knock her. Like, I don't know if that's one of the factors that make made it work, but I can't knock her. But now that she popped out, like, uh, um, with a darker skin, I'm wondering if she's going to go back to that 
or keep it. I'm sure there's a war in her mind right now about which way to go. By the way, TikTok is going crazy. I didn't even report this. So, um, Nicki Minaj went on there, and Nicki Minaj made $100,000. And I don't know how they did, I guess it's gifted and stuff like that. She had 87,000 people concurrently. Mm -hmm. And apparently, they have like this tipping system. That's why everybody, that's even how the NPC girl is mm -hmm. like the girl that with the complexion shit. She made $100,000. Every time she went on there three times, and 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 a few people like did the math, and I and I went over it and I said, "Wow, she did make a hundred thousand dollars." So this is why everyone's on TikTok doing these funny faces and shit, like they're racking in the money. Hmm. So I might so be on there doing the the YSL so polo. Good. You might. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what do you think about him? I feel like I've been trying to rap for the last like twenty minutes, but shit. Yo. Yo. That's I, not I, working. I, I think. I'm actually surprised more people don't do that. Like, I'm surprised that more people that, you know, that know they did that shit, they know they're going to blow trial. Why the fuck else? Why Go to go go to court and just act a fool. Yeah, but, but they're going to send you in for a mental evaluation. And, you know, you're going to pass it. Or, I mean, you could try to not pass it. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> you could act stupid all you want. They, like, that evaluation is going to really tough your nuts. Like, yeah, you could keep doing that dumb shit. Like, because you know who, who did that? There was a guy who did it. He was charged with murder, and he just acted like a fucking fool. They had him do the evaluation. He fucking, um, they said, no, this guy is legally, no, no, he's sane enough to stand trial. Mm -hmm. He straightened the fuck up. <laughs> Bro, the shenanigans is over. Like, he before he was just like, he would just, he would almost like have outbursts. He would just kind of like, like talk to other people that weren't there. They sent him in for a, a evaluation. And, they, and, and and the prosecutor came back. Like, he's on YouTube. And he said, he's legally um, saying to stand trial. Rest of the trial. I mean, but, well, I mean, <laughs> but seriously, though, like, <clears throat> you're going to, <clears throat> sorry. I mean, you're going to trial. You know you did it. You know you're going to blow trial. You know there's no miracle that's going to come out of nowhere. I have with a the better jury. solution. The jury's going to find you not guilty. Fuck it. No, I got a better solution. What's that? The snitch on these guys. <laughs> Fuck me. If you got to do all that, you clearly don't want to do the time. Right? You did the crime. You don't want to do the time. Snitch. Just, just point at people. Like, you're trying to get out of this in a way that, to be honest, I'm sorry, you're not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> like, people have tried other things. Right. Get in there. It's only a few ways to get out of this. Either you're going to kill yourself. I'm not suggesting you should. Either you do that. Either, if you don't do that, you're probably most likely going to have to cooperate, okay? Yeah. Or take a plea. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing the other two, just get in there and snitch. I'm not saying he should, but clearly he's showing the ability and he's actually showing incredible determination to keep doing this every fucking <laughs> second of the, while he's in court. You know they're in court for like eight hours. Like he's doing this shit the whole time. I'm like, yo, this is... Burn well, a lot of I, mean, I mean, they're probably going to restrain him at one point, right? If they if they prove that he's actually faking it and he's doing that shit, either he's going to they're going to restrain him or they're just not going to have him in court. So at, at right now they're at the point, and I don't know if maybe this is a ploy. Hmm. So Young Thug filed for him to be severed from the case. Right. I think Young Thug's case actually looks better when he doesn't him? have a bunch of niggas on it. So he's trying to get everybody severed. Right. I mean, isn't isn't that the guy that shot up Little Wayne's tour bus? No, 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 no. They just caught that guy. He was <clears throat> like, 
how you want to run for a year? And yo, I can imagine it, like I'm making this up. I'm not conspiracy theory. Norma snitch. Um, they could, uh, yo, you've been on the run for a year. Mm-hmm. Just don't get caught till this trial is over. They caught him. Like, bro, you should have turned yourself day one in then. Because you held up the trial because they were saying, oh, the marshals are looking for this guy. You've been disappeared. Like, you, no one can find you. They just found him last month. Mm-hmm. I can imagine Young Thug is so fucking pissed that everybody be like, even, the fucking, even my fucking co-gang members can't just do what they need to do for me to get off this shit. Well, I mean. Uh, Who goes to jail for a longer time, Thug or Trump? Yeah, I think they're trying to give it to him. Thug, but Thug has a has a murder associated with his case. Whether or not he's actually going to be charged with that murder, there's, I mean, the the overall umbrella of this case is around Did that murder. The, the murder of of Nut. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny how Trump was saying how uh, the DA was having an affair with him or something like that. You know, you know MSNBC wrote a whole thing and said I started the rumor, which by the way they completely got wrong. You're saying that, so Trump was quoting you is what they were saying? That's what they were saying. That's they were crazy. saying, this rumor came from me, then a journalist printed it, and that's how he got it. So they're not saying he watched me. They're saying that a journalist printed it, but a journalist cited me. I never even said that. Yeah. He was having the, that, that. Fonnie Willis. This is word in the Atlanta streets, like literally, like all of these like guys who really know us, whatever. They, by the way, a lot of these dudes, they know Fonnie Willis because Fonnie Willis at a point used to be a, a, a defense attorney mm-hmm. and she used to defend a bunch of these guys she's now putting away. Wow. Apparently, <clears throat> she, she, like, so people, so the way they got it wrong is they're saying Trump's saying she used to sleep with um, no. Wise Salmondo. No, Wise oh, no? Salmondo. Well, well, that's how they reported. That's what I'm saying. They reported it wrong. Oh. They're saying that one of the guys she used to defend used to be in the gang, which is why so she, used to, she used to be his lawyer. She didn't charge him. And I think that's some conflict of interest shit huh. because like, yo, you used to be my lawyer back in the day. How the hell are you charging me yeah. with a crime? Now you're your DA. The, the actual rumor in the streets, quote unquote, is that she used to sleep with or she used to have some intimate relationship with Nut. Yeah. And she took the loss of Nut personally yeah. and allegedly promised the mother that no matter what, she was going to get justice one way or another for Nut's death. I mean, is that technically illegal though? Well, are you allowed to go after just because you had a relationship with someone and they get killed? Does the fact of you having that relationship preclude you from going forward with an investigation? Um, well, it gets interesting, I guess, right? It gets interesting if is that relationship the only reason why you're filing these charges, right? Could a be. DA is a actual publicly held position right. that gets voted in. Yeah. So you having a relationship with your constituents is okay, yeah. right? So for example, her promising the mom, I'm gonna get you justice, Yeah, that's fine. Now the sleeping with part, who's gonna really prove this? The guy's dead. You can prove stuff like that. Well, like, <laughs> w- 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 well who's going he, as he, far? He may, he may have talked to people about this. People may have seen them together. I mean, you never know. I don't know how serious this rumor is. I don't know, but I'm sure Trump's. It, I mean, Trump raised what, like eight million after his mugshot, so yeah, he's yeah. got the money to go through an obscene amount of research. Yeah, yeah, yeah but here's the thing: I don't. Uh, I think before Trump would use that, 
YSL will use that. Yeah. Yo, she's weaponizing the fact that the main guy who's in this, who's the, the, the decedent or yeah. the person who died is not. And they're claiming that the only reason why, or, um, the only reason why this case exists is because he died and the prosecutors will fuck him. Like, clear it. Motion for dismissal. Let's go. Well, Let's get yeah, out of here. I mean, but those cases are already tied together with. Steve Sadow, who was Gunner's lawyer, is now Trump's lawyer. So, okay. so he's already the the YSL Trump case is already tied together on the defense side as well because of that, in in a way. So, what percentage chance does Trump snitch on everybody? Trump snitching on everybody? Like, like pretty much, just like you know, pretty much cooperate in a sense of throwing everybody under the bus. Same as one hundred percent. Nah, one hundred percent. You think so? Hundred percent. No. You think Trump's going to go to jail to protect somebody? I don't think he's going to go to jail at all. But I do think, think that Trump is going think to. But the thing he's, is, even him, even him pleading guilty to, to some of these charges will preclude him from running for office. See what I'm saying? Okay. And the one the one thing that that uh, Dershowitz told me that's interesting is that the the biggest trigger for Trump is being called a loser or called broke. <laughs> yo, you know, they just put out this report recently. They were like, "Yo, he was capping about a couple million, a couple billion. billion. Yeah, yo, he yeah. ain't as rich as what it is. And rich. I think they only put that out to bait him because they know he he's gonna be like, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm even richer than what I said. Yeah, but he's been chilling. He he uh, he hates being called a loser. He wants to, he'll every time someone accuses him of losing something, he'll just attack them. Sleepy Joe's a great nickname. Yeah." I mean, he's a bit sleepy. No, he called DeSantis. He said the sanctimonious. This guy's hilarious. Yo, no. I would want him to do Saturday Night Live. 100% Trump is, is snitching on everybody. Really? Trump will throw everyone under the bus. He'll snitch on his own kids. No. <laughs> Absolutely. You think Trump will do jail time for his kids? Yeah. Hell no. Yo, yo. Hell no. You do no. realize that Trump at this point realized that you know, he, he has to know that this MAGA thing is so big that... Part of it is him having some loyalty. Mm -hmm. And and if he's just fucking folds mm -hmm. on everybody, like people are, this is a movement. Who is Trump in loyalty? Name well, one person he's been loyal to. Well, here's the thing. Nobody cares if he's this. Who is loyalty. Trump in loyalty? All one person. No, no. I'll Name tell you me who. a human being. I'll tell you who. Remember when he was in office and like, or when he was running the very first time mm -hmm. and he had these people around him that were doing weird shit and he kept firing him. He would like he would like let them go, but never talk bad about him. He would never be like that's a piece of shit. Be like he's a good guy. Uh, like anytime they got found wrong doing some wrong shit, he would always say they're a good guy. Okay, you get what I mean? If he's disloyal or just like a piece of like, of course he got distanced himself. But even like like even though this is gonna sound crazy, he's even loyal to the Proud Boys. He ain't say fuck them. He was just like. Yeah, I can't agree with everything they're saying, but really, you know, he agree with everything they say. Of course, of course, he does. The, 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 those were, I mean, I think Trump sat and was watching the, the insurrection, hoping that he was about to be the dictator of America, and there his his nah, mob you was. Think so? why, why else did he not call them off? That that's part of the whole thing. He had every chance. I think he's drunk out of power in terms of he had Yo, every chance really doing this. He had every chance to call them off, and he was completely silent. He was completely silent. Do you but, think that if he said but, something, it would stop them? Yes, hundred percent, absolutely. They're all following him. They're, they're, he's the leader. He's the absolute leader of this whole following. But, but here's the thing, though, about Trump, at his age, and at his as his overall health. Because listen, Trump is fat. He's overweight. You, you think he'll now Zempic? He needs to do something. 
but at his age, any amount of jail time could potentially be a life sentence. Think about that. A former president's never at his age. There's there's firsts for everything. You can't say it's never happened before. It's like the stock market. You know what they say about the stock market? Past performance does not guarantee future performance. So just because in the past there's been no presidents, there's never been a president as outlandish as Trump that has done the type of fuck shit that Trump has has, has done. Trump nobody has been in charge jail time. Yes. I believe that is the complete end of the justice system as we see it federally because now every president that will eventually be sitting or anyone who mm-hmm. is in charge of either the FBI or other um, um, investigative mm-hmm. agencies will weaponize it. You need to, like, it's, it would be a very interesting and scary time where you could just say, rather than compete with this motherfucker to see who leads the nation, lock him up. But that's always happened. That's happened in every in, country. In the United States, not in the United States. It's happened in every country. In, in every third world, in, undeveloped country. There is always... There's a, attempts at coups no, 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 and all no, no, that listen, type of stuff. Listen, we don't listen. see that yeah, in the United right. States. They right. just tried in, in, in Russia. Right. But what I'm saying is this. It was a weak one, but they tried. Uh, right. Yeah, they, they rolled some tanks close to <laughs> Moscow, and now the guy died. Halfway. In a plane crash. He died? Oh, yeah? Yeah, the, the, that guy. The, there was no conspiracy. I think they blew that plane up. Oh, they blew, oh, I thought they blew. Him and all of his fucking core circle of generals were all on that plane, all dead, every last one of them. Oh, pew, yeah, pew, the, pew, the damn, the damn. I remember watching a report of a witness who saw it. He said that it was like it happened close to his house, and he saw the wing fucking break off from the plane. Someone, I think, someone put a bomb on the wing before they took off. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's what happened over there. Okay. But see, that's Russia. Like we live in the United States. Like, come on, listen, like that type of listen, be, listen, listen. That's you could, some shit out you could you could weaponize whatever you could try to weaponize anything, right? But the reality is, <clears throat> what can you get on Joe Biden? Yes, his son is a fuck up. His son is a crackhead, and his son may they go to prison. They used to fuck hookers together and snort coke off of their fucking titties, and then have secret meetings with China. <laughs> Promising billions and millions of dollars in in exchange for favors and for TikTok to exist. Okay, well, listen. That's a great theory. If they could, <clears throat> sorry, if they could prove that, then great. But reality is, is that there hasn't been any sort of attempted insurrection under under Biden. You, you didn't see it under, uh, you know, you didn't see it under Obama. You didn't see it under Bush. We didn't see it under Bush. What's that? They said Obama's gay. He said that he uh, sometimes thinks about gay acts in his head or some shit like that. His his ex girlfriend, I guess, had a letter from him or some shit like that. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You're telling me that the most popular man in the country for eight years, or yeah. po- popular man in the world for eight years, <clears throat> was having wild amount of gay thoughts, and we don't find this out till like fifteen years later. Why does something so, going on? Why does someone's thoughts really matter? No, no, I'm not saying anything I, important. No, no, I mean, I've had thoughts of killing people no, no, in my I, head. I, I, it doesn't I'm not mean I'm not matters. killing people. I'm like, not you know what I mean? matters. Who, who cares what his sexuality is? I always thought it was a little sus anyway. Like, who cares about <laughs> it? My thing is that <clears throat> how come we're getting new information about the most famous man in the world? That's crazy to me. Well, because his ex-girlfriend uh, has been probably sitting on this and been looking for a bitter for a long time and, you know, Time went on. There's been no bitter, so she finally decided to just put it out herself. Damn. You know, exes come out, come out to haunt you, man. You know, 
you know, baby mamas are weak links, you know, hey. ex-girlfriends are weak links. There's a lot of weak links out there. But at the end of the day, the, I don't think anyone cares. So he, so, you know what I mean? Like everyone's thought of weird shit at some point in their life. And sometimes people have even shared their thoughts about weird shit at some point in their life. So I think it's a little different. Now, if, if 30 guys came forward and said that, you know, we all butt fucked Obama, then I think it'd be a slightly different conversation. You know, hey, but hey, to say, hey, hey I've like, had a gay thought. All I'm just saying, <laughs> why do you think all them fires happening in, in Hawaii? That nigga from Hawaii. Right. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm, playing. I'm just. <laughs> you just how easy you can make up a conspiracy theory. Yo, wild, he's man. burning down the whole Hawaii. That all the dudes oh, who fucked him in the ass. Yeah, that all the dudes who fucked him in the ass after <laughs> swim away. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, there's lots of wild conspiracy theories. Did you man. watch that Larry Elder and Strollman shit? No, I didn't. I heard about it, but I haven't watched it. I ain't gonna lie, man. He did his thing. Yeah. I, I, I've been Larry Elder? To, yeah, I don't even know who this guy is, but yeah. he's a good debater. Yeah. He's, he, his policy might be trash, but he's he, he's a good debater. He did good content. Yeah. I got to see what it's about. Yeah, man. All right, man. Listen, uh, Vlad, uh, I think I've held you here for long enough. Yeah, all good. Uh, next time you guys will see me, you'll see me on um, Vlad's platform. We'll be having, uh, I'll give him my three hours. Yeah. And we'll talk about everything in the world. I know Vlad probably got topics already written down. Know, How long right? it takes you to prepare topics? Um, It depends. I mean, I have an assistant. Uh, who who helps me out with this process? Um, but I mean, usually the morning of, I'll start to really plow it out. Really? Yeah, really. Sometimes I mean, you I feel mean, like you be you're like probably compiling shit. Well, I mean, it, it gets done before then. You know, what I mean, like I'll get sort of like a, a rough version of it beforehand, and then the, maybe early that morning or maybe the day before, I'll start to really plow it together. I mean, it depends who it is. I mean, if it's someone who's brand new, who I really have to like go through a lot, like you know, the, the Travis Rudolph case took a lot of research because I sat there and started actually watching the court videos, you know, which takes a while. Um, you know, that took me a few days to, uh, to actually research. Sometimes we have to read books. You know, my assistant's actually pretty good, you know, Kente at like, you know, if there's a book on that person, he'll actually skim through the whole book and kind of come up with a lot of stuff from that person's book. Um, but you know, it, it all differs. We, we, we never like, it, it was interesting watching, um, you know, cause I was on Matt's podcast last night and they were like, they weren't, completely prepared with the topics at one point they had to kind of stop go outside and kind of have a discussion and i'm like okay like really? growing pains like like i'm seeing it i'm like okay cool like you know they, they've switched around their 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 uh their crew a little bit and they're, they're they're sort of trying different things and so forth and i'm like okay like i would have been completely prepared you know in this process uh with the way i do it but they're more a little bit more off the cuff but with that we kind of hit a little bit of a lull. <clears throat> we, we hit a little bit of a lull during certain times they had to go outside and regroup and figure out what they're going to talk about. It's just, it's just different things. When I, when I interviewed... Um, I feel like with me and you do, uh, I know me, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of... You're like, off the cuff? I'm not off the cuff. I could do, you know? Well, I mean, I, I have about like eight things in my mind. Yeah. Right? Like, it, the only time I would really have, like, say my phone or like a list is if like I wasn't comfortable with the person. Because put it like this, I usually say this, Put that fucking camera on for three hours, and I everything I need to talk to you about because I'm gonna just talk to you regularly. She'll just pop up. You have a you have a, I think you have a different memory than I do. I think you're able to keep stuff in your head. You know, like a list a list of eight things. Like me, once I started to go off tangents and stuff like that, I'll forget like five of those eight. Well, you're, things. you're meticulous, so you definitely like, yeah. It's it's a different style. Like I remember when I went out to the UK and I interviewed Tim Westwood. He said he never prepares. He said he just likes to vibe with the person. And I can't even imagine doing an interview like that. 
Like, I couldn't imagine it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily do that. Like, you, you got to at least know what's going on with the person currently because, like, yeah. I, the worst feeling is you having someone come into your platform and you let them leave without addressing or asking the elephant in the room question. Like, you just, like, like you yeah. were oblivious to it, and mm -hmm. then they leave, and they're like, wow, this person did not ask me about that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be something that's salacious or drama-filled, but it's just that it's clear that, yeah, you might have had a, a, an agenda where you had a conversation with them, but you didn't know what the major point of interest with them was yeah. at that moment in time. I mean, for, <clears throat> sorry, uh, my voice a little shot. Uh, for me, a lot of the times is to, like, come up with that question and how I'm saying, how, how do you know that? You know, how little baby was like, how do you know that? You know, pros, how do you know that? You, you, you know, and then, you this is where my little feds, that's the police little conspiracy theory came from because I researched so heavily. You know, I, I mean, Nardwar is better than me. He comes up with some shit that I don't, you know, that really shock people. But we know with me, it's like, I, you know, like I'll, I'll talk to people. I'll talk to people around the situation. I'll talk to people that they know. I'll, I'll watch other interviews. I'll read articles. And then I'll go through my own memory banks. I mean, at the end of the day, at 50, I'm as old as hip hop. So I've seen every part of hip hop. I mean, I've been pretty much a lifelong hip, hip hop head. So I've seen everything. So I could always go back and remember something I read in a source magazine in like 93 or something, you know, and, and be able to reference that type of thing that you can't even Google anymore mm. because those, these uh, magazines haven't really been digitized and, you know, which is actually too bad now that I think about it. But yeah, I mean, that type of thing. I, I really want to catch the person like off guard with a question they've never been asked before and, and be like, God damn, like that's, no one's asked me that. How'd you even know to ask me that? And how'd you even know any of this information? That, that to me is a, is a win. Like, yeah, this is going to be unique. I respect it. Yeah. All right, man. As I said, next time you, you, you'll see us together, you'll yeah. see us on <clears throat> TV's platform. Thank Vlad for uh, coming in here. Always give me his time. Um, mm -hmm. Scheduling with him has always been a breeze, very easy. And I appreciate him. I hope he appreciates me. Of course. Hopefully he appreciates, you know, um, you know, our relationship, which he obviously yeah. does, and I definitely do as well. Thank you for watching. Vlad, do you have anything you want to announce that people can check you out? Um, no, nah, man. Like, you know, we have a lot of uh, a lot of interesting interviews going on right now. Uh, Dominique Wilkins interview. I think is really dope. You know, a basketball legend. Uh, the Alan Dershowitz interview, I think, is really dope. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Man, um, just go to youtube.com you know, slash Vlad TV. Become a member, by the way. <clears throat> Watch the interviews early as a member. Exactly, man. Pay that four ninety five a month. So you don't have to wait like the month and a half for Boosie. And uh, we got the Boosie uh, estate tour coming up. I That's can't wait to cool. see that. That's going to be dope. I love a good pop yeah. watching episode I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be watching how much money this thing got alright man uh, thank you for watching man another episode of Off The Record Podcast yeah. until next time it's Woody Jackademics DJ Vlad of Vlad TV we peace. are out peace